0: hello hello hello
1: hello hello it's good to see you say hello welcome to the husky hockey podcast your number one resource to remind you that Mike Hastings ran out of Mankato because of the job that St. Cloud State did and kicking them out of the tournament. So congratulations to the Husky. You may not win the Natty this year, but you ran somebody out of town. I think that's uh that's how this story is going to unfold and that's what's going to come out later, right? It wasn't about the the program or the more money or anything like that. It was he was Hastings was just embarrassed by uh, keep losing to his alma mater.
0: Yeah, you uh, St. Claude ends the season of four teams and then just ruins a guy's spirit so much that he's just gotta run to a big town <laughs> oh,
1: Just run to Wisconsin of old school. Like, that's how bad that he's gotta feel right now. That he just can't even show his uh show his face at the Midwest Wireless Center. No, what's <laughs> What's it's
0: a, a different... It's a, it's a different wire, wire. I think it's a different wireless... Or no, it's the uh, Mayo Clinic, I think, now uh, sponsors
1: it. Oh, really? I think so. Mayo think Clinic so. has outreach in Mankato? Huh.
0: Well, it's in the, uh, what, 507? It is in the It is in Southern the 507. Minnesota. Minnesota. I, think, I think they claim it as their own. Mankato that,
1: does. That is. I know Sanford was trying to move in there, too. Sanford's trying to make a push, and obviously we're Centricare here, here in this area, so... And then, uh, yes. what you there? there's the proposed merger between Fairfield and somebody else that is, there's a lot of politicking going on in healthcare world in Minnesota that, uh, you, uh, in sunny Arizona, uh, probably not privy to
0: look at you i don't need to watch cnbc to keep it prized the minnesota medical mergers
1: yeah wow minnesota (laughs) medical mergers that's the new 3m right there not minnesota mining and manufacturing (laughs) Uh uh-uh it's the minnesota medical mergers it's 3m so hastings heads out to the ccha and uh, goes to Wisconsin and he's named the head coach and taken his assistant coach. Well, Don Knotts, no, that's not his name. Uh, it's close, close. Um, who was really rumored, uh, really to be the head, uh, uh person kind of to to take care of or to kind of head up the helm there of the Mavericks, but uh, he's he's following to Hastings and now uh, another coaching search has uh opened up, so it's uh. You know where where one one gets filled one opens up and and uh the search uh will continue in, or start really for um mankato uh what i found really interesting is that um i can't remember who said it but somebody in the admin said yeah 14 months ago we prepared like a plan if this were to happen so it was very much uh like once they saw the uh the uh, out of town interest that uh, that Hastings got, they were like, eh, "We should put in some kind of plan in place to make sure that we're not caught with our pants down," because you don't want to do that in Mankato. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, <laughs>
0: it's very bad. Uh, news. But, but, but even that contingency plan, they need a contingency plan for the contingency plan because it seemed like what that plan was was to give this Todd Not the job. I think it's Not, it maybe Cannot. I don't know if you pronounce the K there, but uh, Todd Knott told him he will not see what I did there. Ooh. Be taking the job. That's, that's clever. Um, I think you're the I first one was, to make that jo-
1: joke too. I know
0: <laughs> that, you, that's that's what should pay me for. Yeah, to right. to come up with a fairly obvious what, wordplay. Gritty St. Cloud pays us for. <laughs> that's right, exactly. But that that I think is the most intriguing wrinkle here is, I mean, perhaps the pay at for being an assistant at Wisconsin is comparable to being the head coach in Mankato. The way they throw money around, probably perhaps that had a a large factor of it. Um, And I read something, uh, some Mankato person was saying, yeah, I mean, this just makes sense, you know, for him to go to Wisconsin, because, you know, if they would have, if he would have taken the BU job, if Hastings would have taken the BU job last year, you know, he's got three kids, a family that's entrenched in Mankato. You can't really uproot them to move to the East Coast. But, you know, Madison's just a short four-hour drive away. Just trying to think, like, well, he could have just stayed in Mankato <laughs> uh, and, and not had a four-hour commute. That's so I, I don't know what...
1: Gotta well, be so it's more like, than
0: four hours, right? Well, whatever it is, it's not like you're... It's not even like Moscow... I think Moscow's his first year at the Gophers still had his house in St. Cloud, Mm -hmm. but that got to be too much. The one hour each way got to be too much. So they moved down to the, to the cities, the twin city suburbs, I think a year into his gig there. I don't know what, if it's a family related, I want to stay close to home. That's not really close to home. And the closest to home option would have just been to take the Mankato head coaching position. But that, So I'm like, well, maybe this is just one of these guys that loves to be an assistant and doesn't really want to be a head guy. But he's he interviewed for both the St. Thomas and the Augustana job. So uh, that's, to me, the, the fact that not did not get the job or passed on it, I think is the most surprising development. And I think it surprised Mankato, yeah. their administration as well, because now, as you said, pants down. And you don't want to be caught with your pants down in the five oh seven. Uh-uh. So now the uh now, now all real... of our
1: southern Minnesota listeners are ticked off at you right now. Or nodding in agreement, really, one of the two. They're probably like yeah, you're I, I right. Think,
0: I think the latter.
1: Yeah.
0: But now we get another set of um rumoring to, to go around. Now, I
1: don't who do you think throw out
0: there for the, who are the early Twitter names that are
1: were throwing out well, there. Well, I don't think Larson's gonna be rumored for the Mankato job. So um You'd think we, we yes. a, uh, had uh had to fight off a lot of people who um really heavily thought that uh, Larson would have been um uh, kind of a front runner for Mankato. Or I'm sorry for for Wisconsin. So, uh, and as far as we know, did not
0: have an interview with Wisconsin not, for this
1: job. I, I have not heard. Um,
0: if, that could that could come that could emerge, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised. We mentioned last week. I mean it's a it's a job that I think a lot of coaches, no matter how entrenched they are in their current programs, would be would. Would pick up the phone at least,
1: and not only that, but that's really good job security because you could be really bad at Madison, and they'll still pay you a lot of money for a long time. <laughs> Granado was there for too long, and he even got an extension. Like this was his first year of an extension too that he just yeah. had.
0: Someone's got to calculate the buyout money that he's he's been getting because I'm sure
1: Granado the man was last year. There you go.
0: <laughs> he's available. He's available. Well, maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe he has like a non-compete. <laughs> um, well, probably not because he was fired, right? You don't get non-competes if you're fired. But, uh, yeah, I suppose they could uh, they could just switch jobs. Uh, Hastings to Wisconsin and Granada to Mankato.
1: Write but... little notes in each other's office as they move in. And
0: <laughs> Now, one thing I thought of was, you know, as you mentioned, St. Cloud ending the Mike Hastings tenure in Mankato with that win in Fargo. Played out a little differently. I mean, in some cases, it's a similar scenario to when go bolted to the Gophers, um, but different in several key ways.
1: Is that your I don't, John I mean, Travolta? It's like looking into a mirror, but not. Yeah. The, uh, that was face-off reference. John Travolta, the, uh, Nick Cage, for all of my lovely listeners who remember face-off.
0: And, and and it's a hockey theme movie too, so it's it's a perfect it's a perfect reference. Um, but the uh, I mean the, the Wisconsin job was was open. I mean they fired Granado the Monday after they crapped out of the Big Ten tournament, which would have been the first weekend in March. March. So it was like March
1: sixth, March seventh, somewhere in something there.
0: like that. So I. And I remember you had reported that the early Twitter buzz after that was Hastings, his name was thrown out there. So, I mean, the rumor, just the the vague general rumor was, was out there. So it's not a complete shock, but it feels to me that the cloud of that didn't affect Mankato's gameplay. Uh, It still seemed like it was a different, I mean, for all I know, from as far as I know, Wisconsin's athletic director was not in attendance in Fargo, which was different than the Sioux Falls Regional, with the uh, Gophers assistant AD, the one that's in charge of hockey was was sniffing around in the building. I think he had some ostensible reasons. I think he
1: it wasn't I noted he, uh, that uh he interviewed for the position prior to the tournament game, so that was a difference as well. That's a little yeah, that's a
0: key difference. I think that, that that McGinnis the 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 golfer AD I think he was on the committee that year so he had some like quote unquote official business yeah. reason to be at the regional but it wasn't too difficult to put two and two together there and just the the optics of that raised some eyebrows um so just throwing it out there that it's it it played out a little dif- differently and if this is how man, if this is how Matsko would have would have left St. Cloud, I think it would have it would have softened the blow a little bit. Just the speed and yeah, and, and how it was very—it's almost kind of clear in the moment during the Air Force game that something was up. Didn't seem like that was the the case here with with Hastings, and from what I've read from Mankato guy, Mankato people it doesn't seem like there was any animosity built up towards Hastings by making this move, which again, different in the moscow St. Cloud scenario. So, but yeah, it'll be a uh, interesting to see what Mankato does now. Um, and that's also going to be interesting to see how Hastings adapts to this new gig. Uh, I think he's a really good uh, coach, yeah, but his sort of, Uh, reputation. I I see it as more of a coach up kind of guy. Uh He coaches guys up. If you're at the Big 10 school and you have all these resources, you're in a position now to be in the bidding for the best recruits in the country, which is not something that he has really done in Mankato, mostly just out of the circumstance of that Mankato is generally not a school that's going to attract first round draft pick type talent. Um, I, I'm confident that he can adapt to that. I, I think that's easier to to adapt into a coach who now can recruit blue-chippers rather than the other way around. Someone that's only, uh, someone like uh, that's been a Big Ten coach and then transitions into a little brother program who they do when they're where they do have to coach up sort of uh, late bloomer type talent. So I'm confident that. Hastings can can handle the the new gig uh, and the bar to clear from his predecessor. Uh, <laughs> it's not a real high leap there. So certainly you'd, you'd imagine. I mean, he, talking about him being a coach-up kind of guy, he can probably take this roster that they had this year Would they win 13 games this year. Um, I bet he could get four or five more wins uh, just out of their current, like with him not even recruiting anybody. Um, just because that's sort of been his mo at his time in Mankato. So, what do you think? How do you think he's gonna um, do in in Madison, and um, and then also from Mankato's side, is, is this gonna be a, a a tough? You know, were they sort of buoyed up? Was that program so good? You know, to the fact that they were basically a regular. Every year, NCAA tournament team, and then making a couple of Frozen Fours, national title game last year, is this going to kind of crater that program? Um, or so, yeah, both both of those. How's, how do you think how Hastings is going to do in, in Scotty, and how do you think kid is going to recover?
1: Um, yeah, first and foremost, I think Hastings is going to thrive in in Wisconsin, and you know, kind of the like Hastings has the way he turned around, even. You know, Mankato from Troy Judding, um, you know, in you know, Troy Judding in his years there, you know, Mankato was always mediocre. Um, they were always lucky to kind of have a plus 500 season. Um, but uh, Hastings comes along and I think his win percentage at Mankato is over 700 um, or 70 percent. You know what I mean? So um, it's, you know, so I think turning around Wisconsin is going to be kind of a breeze. Now, the asterisk in that is also going to be Hastings did turn around Mankato when the conference is all split and when it was the CCHA. Um, The way the Big Ten is right now and trending even, that's going to be a little bit tougher. But I think Hastings is has got the cachet to, to bring in and um, not has been proven to be an incredibly good uh, recruiter from all intents and purposes. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I I think it's going to be a really good fit for him and a really good challenge for him as well to, to really recruit against the Michigans and the Minnesotas and, and, uh, and whatnot. So um, as far as where Mankato goes here, it's, it's going to be tough to replace a guy like that. You know, and, um, you know, who's – it's always kind of the big asterisk of the room, um, you know, who follows. Um, You know, obviously, when Moscow left, you know, of course, who who scores against us? But it's a Brodzinski, you know. So – and then um, Pino Niemi um, got some, you know, minutes as well on the Gophers. He was committed to St. Cloud State. And, um, you know, so it's – you know, there's it's really the only two that he plucked, right? Really or that the, followed him. I believe so. And I bet there is one more, and I know that I, I think there was one more that he tried that he didn't get. So um, but I don't I'm 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 blanking on who the other one could have
0: I know put. those two for sure. And that Pino Niemi really hasn't get gotten much regular time. You get he oh. got action in the regional final, uh-huh. but um benched quite frequently this year and hasn't really done much in his time there, but Brodzinski obviously has, has made quite an impact. Yeah. And, yeah. See, I don't know if there's been, I, I've been checking that portal, uh, action. Haven't mm-hmm. seen any Mankato, uh, Minnesota state yeah. action yet, but wouldn't be surprised either. Or if there's, uh, recruiting decommits, um, guys that recruits that follow him to Wisconsin, um, vice versa too. I'm, I know there were some guys in Wisconsin that, that bolted. I think there's been a guy that's already landed somewhere else. Uh, Donovan, um, since the Granado, um, there was,
1: there was one that signed a national letter of intent to go to Wisconsin and is trying to get out of it. And I think he wants to go play in Denver. So it's, um, yeah. So there's going to be a little bit of the shakeups, um, that, uh, uh, that 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 happened. And, you know, it's all going to depend now with, you know, when St. Cloud State opened up the recruit or you know, for, for the coaches, you know, we went to a national power, looked at an assistant coach. And that's that's where we got Larson. Um, so it's interesting if they go that route or if they go head coach in USHL. I know already Nick Oliver's name has been thrown out there as an option. I think that's a little premature, even though Fargo has had a good year in the USHL. So it's um but it'll be kind of interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out over the next couple um, you know, couple weeks. Um, you know, for somebody if it does happen where it does affect St. Cloud State, does Shayak throw his name back in the ring? Head coaching experience, assistant coach here. You know that's would would Mankato go that route? Um, you know somebody who knows the the lay of the land. So that's um yeah, there's a lot of um you know question marks, and it's going to be kind of interesting to see where they um, everything, uh, where all the chips fall.
0: Yeah, indeed. I Shaiak's an interesting name out there. I would think that they would tend to go. Younger, but that's just based on uh, intuition more than anything. Oliver is an interesting name. I, I mean, when when it was out there, was floated out there that Larson had potentially could be linked to Wisconsin. Just kind of game out the scenario: what if he takes that job? Then who does St. Cloud turn to? I think Oliver is near the top of the list because of the alum connection. Uh-huh. Um, it's more of a long shot that he would take a Mankato job, but. Um, now with him being a coach, uh, a coach in the, U- uh, having head coaching experience at the UCHL, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We saw Denver go quite young with David Carl. He wasn't even 30 years old when they hired him, uh, was at 2018 on the heels of Montgomery leaving. So I think what well, I think Oliver's older than that, I think he's in his thirties. Um, so uh, it wouldn't. It would not have shocked me. I, I'm glad that we don't have to make that decision quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, crossing fingers that Larson and Mankato don't uh don't hook up, so to speak. But
1: that's I a feel like Minsky on Minsky crime. There you yeah, can't have exactly.
0: that. So. so yeah, it's uh yeah. I would imagine I would imagine they're going to maybe go in the junior ranks, get a head coach there. Um you know, there is a Mankato blogger that's throwing out Pat Frischweiler's name. It's like that ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh and I can't I can't imagine them getting a current college coach like plucking like that's you gotta be a big ten type, big, big school yeah. to be able to do that. You only think. and make it the
1: only like that. one that I thought was maybe interesting was um I did see somebody throw out Patoni as a name. Um, but I feel like that that, would be.
0: It feels like a lateral move. I mean, maybe maybe Mankato's a step up from Northern Michigan, but I mean, maybe in
1: Legacy. But I mean, scenery wise, God, Northern Michigan UP is just so much better to look at than the 507.
0: And the other thing too is, Patolli's been in Northern Michigan for like eight, nine years now, and to know NCAA tournament uh, appearances, yeah, uh, it's not like he's been lighting the world on fire. And it's funny too, like because when he went to North there that long, at least eight years, maybe more, maybe nine. Hint, hint. Um, But uh, I I know I don't want to scramble. nine, nine. nine. I'm sorry, I I still
1: have the tab up that uh, that uh, Mankato and Madison is four hours and forty one minutes away. Which I always it's good. I always forget how far south of Madison is. It's like halfway yeah. down to Iowa if you're looking latitude wise. Anyway,
0: continue. Yeah, it's just it's weird how some of these, you know, gaming out sort of coaching uh timelines. Like when, when Patoni got that job in northern Michigan, I figured it was gonna it was mainly for him to get a couple of years college experience until Lucia retired. And then Patolny would be hired by the Gophers. Six years. Uh, he's, this, was, this was his sixth year. This was
1: his sixth I year.
0: Feel like he's been there longer, but uh,
1: so five forty-two uh, winning percentage. So if you would have, if you but, would have, like I would not have guessed that he's over five hundred. I, I wouldn't have either. I maybe I sold him short because I said
0: uh, his his tenure there hasn't been dazzling, but above five hundred. That's, yeah, I, I would not have thought that and made a couple of CCHA title games, but not no appearances in the tournament yet. Uh, it, it's possible. Maybe it's one step closer to Minnesota uh, to, to the go job because it's in the same state, but um, yeah, that's, that's intriguing. I, I, I don't know if I buy into that I don't fully. Either. And like we were saying last week about uh, Wisconsin, probably being quick with quick with this hire probably I undersold the fact it would be this quick. I said maybe, you know, by, at at the end of the, shortly after the frozen four, but that's kind of what, how you got to handle it. I think in, in college these days with the transfer portal, um, you have, you don't have the luxury to just string this out to string out a process because as you said, you could hemorrhage, Uh, not only current players, but recruits in the transfer portal or have decommits.
1: In a portal world, Um, that's all the difference.
0: And so Mankato can't, can't, they don't really have the luxury of waiting around and uh, getting 10 guys in to interview and taking their sweet old time here because by the time they do that, you might not have half the team still um, current uh, on on the roster. Uh, So I would assume this is going to happen pretty quick. Like I said, maybe two weeks. I said that last, I said last week, two weeks, maybe for Hastings or for Wisconsin to hire someone. Well, I'll shorten that this maybe, maybe by the next podcast, Cato I mean, has a coach. I wouldn't be shocked. Like I said, you, you need to act quick these days. So it'd be interesting to see how that, how that plays out mm-hmm. and, and, and what direction they go.
1: So uh, that's that's enough non Husky talk. Let's let's get to Huskies. Current Huskies, not former Huskies like Hastings. Except I wanted well, some, to bring out some, some, some former, former Huskies, huskies yeah. with Bushy and some newly former Huskies.
0: Or at that that yep yeah, that case too. The pro signings. Yeah, we had a couple of those. Yeah,
1: we got, uh, uh Bushy Spelzy. Both of those. Um, they're playing in the ECHL right now in Kalamazoo, Spellisi got his first uh uh professional goal. So congratulations to him. Um and then Micah Miller, um uh, for the ro- Roadrunners, are they uh, in Tucson?
0: Tucson Roadrunners, the so. uh,
1: AHL affiliate of the
0: era of the Coyotes. Um, a little surprised that he got an AHL deal. Um but good for him. Uh thrilled for him and Thrilled for me because that means I can go watch them.
1: Oh, uh, I didn't even put that together. I suppose, yeah. You're, boom, season ticket holder now. You are gonna show up in your house? No, know,
0: it, it's I, I've I've wanted to go to a game. I have not been to one of their games yet, uh, and it's mostly because their schedule is similar to college hockey, where it's they play series on the weekends, um, either a two or sometimes I think they even play a three game series uh, on the, like Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday they'll occasionally play a a midweek game or a midweek series, but for the most part, the majority of their games are on the weekends and that's kind of when I'm watching college hockey. So, but their last um, home series of the regular season at least is not this coming weekend, but the next weekend. And so I am planning on going to one of those games, putting on some St. Cloud state stuff and maybe getting his attention uh, and and doing the shake of the shirt of the St. Cloud state show and see if he, see if he notices. Uh, interesting to see. I, I don't know what to expect as far as atmosphere for these games. I mean, it's an AHL team. I think they get five, 6,000 per game ish. So interested to see what the vibe will be in the building, but I can't imagine anybody else there will show up with St. Cloud state gear on. So hoping to maybe find a friend, uh, in my new, uh, uh, Town, my fellow Tucsonian. Uh, <laughs> so, looking forward to to rooting for uh, for him in person here very soon.
1: Sure enough, um, and then uh, a scoop that I I want to make sure six hours ago. I want to make sure to credit Al Appleby, mm-hmm. uh, the the Husky's insider for Grant Crook's favorite yep.
0: insider neighborhood insider.
1: Uh, Grant Crookshake uh, with the uh, uh, amateur trial deal for the Marlies. For the rest of the season and be a one-way AHL deal for, uh, 23, 24. So I got Apple on that one. Uh, and (laughs) so congratulations, uh, to Kirk Shane for getting that, uh, uh, for getting a contract as well. Absolutely. So, um, uh, other people, former Huskies, um, probably, I mean, one for sure. Um, obviously, um, Chase brand, I guess might come back or uh, it's, it's yeah, if you an go into the transfer portal. It's not a one yeah, way. You street. don't,
0: that doesn't mean that you're, you've left. You're that's just, not like you're um, free to
1: flirt is kind of what I like to say. Cause don't you
0: have to do that for like the NBA draft? Like if you, if you, if you declare for the draft, that means you can't come back to college. I think so. I think that's right. It's not like that. Like if, if he doesn't get the interest that he's wanting from other teams, um, you can rescind that. You can you can deportalize, deportal, um, back Un, to Saint Cloud, unportal. But yes, he is he is in the transfer portal and available, which was a little surprising to me. I mean, we talked about flight risks last week, and his name his name came up during looking at seniors and mm-hmm. guys that could come back for a fourth year. Just with him, I mean, I, it was a frustrating year for him because he had what three of those like head hits I that none of them I think were called yeah I
1: I feel like Um, he was like just a a punching bag out there like 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 brand like got was on the receiving end of pretty much every bad hit throughout the season felt like oh of course it's brand on the ground it's kind of I guess how early seasons of South Park always killed off Kenny I felt like that was kind of brand it's just yeah. like someone's on the ice up. Oh, yep. It's probably Rand. <laughs> so,
0: and he was, I think missed some games. Yeah. He missed quite a few games. Injuries, oh yeah. Um, uh, injuries due to those hits. So didn't play a full season games wise. Um, But at the same time, most of the guys you see in the transfer portal are guys that didn't quite get an opportunity. Brand when he was in the lineup got some pretty good opportunities. Regular he got you know,
1: arguably more opportunities than I thought he should have. Like, right. Well, like,
0: that that coming down the stretch there, it was at least the Omaha series and the Duluth series to end the regular season, where he was paired with Crandall uh, and Okabe, which didn't make any sense to me after the first game, and then certainly after the fourth game, I'm like. 'Cause at that point Cranola went ice cold. He wasn't producing mm-hmm. because and of the, this. again, I'm not the against last... changing things up, but that yeah. was not seemingly working even from the first game that you tried that. And then again, the last so, series two
1: to... against Duluth, he was on that line as well.
0: Well I, yeah. I said was he playing that but did they continue that into the playoff series? Not into the playoff in the... series. But oh, yeah, that's that I thought it was just those last two regular season yeah. series that they had that that top three. Which if you're going to, I mean, Cranel and Okabe, that line is, again, I'm doing quotes, top line. You can quibble over at some points in the line. The Crookshank line might've been your top line, but I mean, that's a, you can make an argument. He was playing on the top line for two weeks. And so I, it's hard for me to say that you didn't, you shelved him and you didn't give him any sort of in good opportunities to produce. Just kind of so, going through
1: the line charts from, you know, in. In Denver as well, he was on the top line with Cronulla Okabe. So
0: yeah, they yeah they like to to mix it up sometimes, but that one was one where it didn't seem like it ever really clicked.
1: No, it, it never really jived. So so and... so it wasn't. So it makes me wonder if like from a scholarship point of view, because he's a he's a finance major, and it would be a grad. Yes, it... like it would be it would be a fifth year. So it. But that's what
0: but. I wish I would be able to get clarification on that because as we as you said last week, you know, when, when guys go in the portal, you can't automatically jump to conclusions based on why they did. Mm-hmm. And it could be something like this, where I mentioned this about Anhorn Anhorn last week. The problem there might be a major. Their their major that they currently have as an undergrad. If St. Claude doesn't offer that as a graduate program, they're kind of SOL. Um, to continue on to Saint Cloud, I, I don't know if you can change your major um, this late. Well, you can go the the, Gobby,
1: the Bobby the Bobby uh angle and just uh, <laughs> major in general studies. So,
0: well, that, see, and I'm, when I mentioned that Anhorn is liberal arts, I'm thinking maybe that's something like that, where because again, liberal arts includes a lot of things, history and English and and all those kind of things, but. Um, but then again, maybe maybe liberal arts, quote unquote, liberal arts major. Maybe that is not offered as a grad track. Um, and again, that might be the sticking point with Anhorn. I still have not heard any nope, uh, confirmation as whether or not he's coming back. Or
1: I keep refreshing Al Appleby's Twitter too. I keep I keep trying to get to Al Appleby about uh, an Anhorn <laughs> scoop or a Trayball scoop, and I got nothing. I'm surprised that we haven't Chronos heard. Scoop.
0: Nothing. Yeah. So the, uh, so Mick Hatton had an article on the Rink Live last week. Really good break. Good article. Good article that, that showed all of the, not only the, the recruits that are in the pipeline, but um, I thought most importantly in that article, he mentioned these guys that have an option to come back um, for their fifth year. Let's,
1: let's put a pin in this very quickly. Okay. And just go back, because we talked a lot about brand, um, we should just also mm-hmm. bring up Zeemer. Uh, yep, Brady yep, Zeemer, yep, yep, yep. um, yep. who did end up committing uh, to Augustana, which was very heavily rumored on Twitter that that's where he would go. I think uh, Bill Proud said that. Go Huskies Woo, I believe, said that. So I was kind of... Um, it was kind of interesting that uh, you heard a lot of that buzz that Augustana was on the top of the list. Um. Uh, I I was a fan of Zemer. It felt like I was more of a fan than you were um of him, but you know, with the emergence of Reiners and Wiley, I could it's a crowded blue line and especially us not knowing what Trayball and Anhorn and where they're gonna be, um Zemer was still gonna be kind of that odd person out. So it's I, I hope I hope he has a really good uh couple of years there at Augustana.
0: Yeah. We mentioned that being a definite possibility as far as guys that didn't get regular action. Um, Zemers, you know, once I remember when I brought that name up, you're like, yeah, that, that, that does make some sense. Um, and you know, Raboyne having a St. Cloud connection, he wouldn't have been on the St. Cloud st- staff obviously that brought Zemer there. I don't think. Um, but, uh, I don't think he would have had a hand in recruiting with the St. Cloud, but still there's a natural sort of relationship there. So not surprising. And augustanas they they, I mean, I, I saw in the, uh, in that Rink Live transfer portal uh, spreadsheet uh, that Schlossman and Wolf are compiling. They've already got seven guys out of the portal. I believe they're, they're like one of the leaders, them and Robert Morris, who's also coming back this year, which kind of both of those teams need to fill an entire roster. So they're going to be really active in picking guys up through the uh, transfer portal this year. And so uh good opportunity for him um, staying somewhat close to, to home and um, in a situation where you can probably get top two, top four pairing minutes yeah. for Augustana. So yeah, it's uh, best of luck to, to, uh, to Brady Zemer. So, and so yeah, I yeah, totally so
1: interrupted you, McHattan. You know no, it was a, it
0: was a good it, it was a, it was good to to put a period in my first sentence that I interrupted myself <laughs> on. But yeah, our so podcast uh, is articles. just a
1: series of a run on sentences. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it's anybody keeps any of this
0: straight. It's very difficult to follow. But <laughs> uh, the, the
1: transcript does. is just a bunch of just gobbledygook.
0: Yes. Uh, so McHatton uh, reports that, first of all, that all four of the draft drafted players are planning on returning. So that checks off Bassie Peart, which we knew uh, based on the reportage of Al, our favorite neighborhood insider Al Appleby. Al Appleby. Uh, and then Mietti we got Appleby on that
1: one. I tell you what, sure
0: did. Now we got Hatton'd. Um, Hatton and then Applebee, Applebee and then Hatton. Um, so, so all four of those drafted players. I mean, you had mentioned you were kind of fifty fifty on Bassie, but um, according to to Hatton here, um, all four of these guys that we all touched on last week, and Ingram, we all, at least I had uh, confidence that. The three other than Peart, which we knew was coming back based on Applebee, uh-huh. but uh, the other three, I was fairly you know, 75% plus confident that they're all coming back. and Sounds like that's going to be the case. So uh, important uh, nugget there. And then also the guys that could come back for a fifth year, um, other than Brand, who we just mentioned is in the transfer portal, but the others, um, Kupka, according to Hatton, it's Kupka, Okabi. And so, so uh, Kupka, he says, is planning on returning. Okabe and Anhorn are weighing whether to sign or return for another season, sign a pro contract. And then he says Trayball and Cranilla are both expected to sign a pro contract. So according to him, it's Trayball and and Cranilla and most likely out, which I didn't think that on about Trayball. Cranella. I expected sort of, I was less than 50-50 that he would return. Um makes sense that he doesn't come back. Tradable, a little bit more surprising, um, but not shocking. I mean, any of these any of these fifth year guys, I don't yeah. even I don't even really blame them. I mean, exactly. That's you came that's here kind of under the impression yeah. that you're gonna give them four years and getting a fifth year, you know, it can be a tough ask, especially with European guys that are playing so far away from home to begin with. So, uh, I'd love to have them both back, mm-hmm. all of these guys, but, uh, but when you're, when you're factoring that into the scenario, um, I'm not really going to hold it against them. This this wouldn't be something where I'm like, oh, they're leaving too early. Uh, they've been here, they've given four years, uh, and if they want to give a fifth, great. But, uh, according to Hatton, doesn't appear that travel and, and, uh, Crannell will be back, which again, not terribly surprising. Having Kupka back, that's not terribly surprising either. And and a good surprise or a good non-surprise, I should say, um, to to have him back for a fifth year. And then, yeah, as we mentioned, Anhorn and Okabe, especially with Anhorn there, would be a big decision on whether or not um, they come back as well. But at least interpreting that article... I think it would have been maybe that's a maybe that's some answer about Anhorn's eligibility at least because you think that if if it was a grad school issue or a he's eligible but not at St. Cloud State you figure that would have been part of the article whereas what Hatton's saying here is it's basically between signing a pro deal and coming back um, so again I would I would I would imagine I am almost surprised that we didn't hear more confirmation on whether or not these guys are coming back before today's show um just again with the pace that everything moves nowadays Mm -hmm. maybe it's maybe it's the frozen four because you still have four teams i saw that quinnipiac got a like landed a guy in the portal today
1: (laughs) yeah i saw Um, that
0: i'm like boy you're you you don't know any sleep no rest for the wicked right um but those guys, I am mean, I'm sure you're going to have guys from those teams, you know, a guy like Pino Niemi, who we just mentioned. like That would be like a prime candidate for me. I would figure that he might go into the transfer portal. There's going to be some other guys from those four teams that are yeah. going to enter the portal. And then I think after that, then I think the it, it, it'll go pretty quick um, after that. Because I think the portal closes. At least you need to be in it by the uh, beginning of May. Um, And then I think there's another month or two uh, where you can settle on uh, or find a landing spot and then it'll close eventually too. It doesn't go on all summer. It's a, it's a relatively short window that this is in, but hopefully by next week, we'll, we'll have some more clarification on who exactly is coming back. Who's not going to be back because as we're going to get into here, the potential recruits coming in, the numbers it'll all depend on who is on this roster and and who's not uh, how many slots you have available so any any uh comment on on these guys that I mentioned not only seeing that the, the, it sounds like the, the drafted players are gonna all be back and then also potentially losing treble and Cranle, any, any comment and you know surprised or intrigued about any of these uh rumblings?
1: Um, I, I think Kronola, again, I'm worried about our lack of centers and Kronola leaving, if that is the case, I do also, you know, it, it, that kind of makes sense, um, is going to be a little bit of a, going to be a sting, but that also is going to maybe open the door for Werner Miettinen who is uh, VT's brother to come in, who is a center um, to kind of slot in and just be kind of a natural pairing as well. Um, and that might have also kind of played a, a little bit of a, um, how shall I say like reason, I guess for me to come back and not sign pro again, being, um, uh, uh, junior and having that extra, or you know, usually drafted players, you know, want to have that kind of uh, security because if you go too far after the draft and not signing them, they're a free agent. But I also don't know how much VT might be even on their radar, really, as as a prospect. Um, Toronto's prospect pool is pretty deep. You know, maybe that's just kind of free money, so they're just kind of like. We'll let him kind of free reign out there, and and it, maybe it's not even a big priority for them, uh, for Toronto to even sign him. So um, the tray ball, he's always been just kind of a steady defender back there. Um, he'll be missed uh, for for his experience, but I do think that's going to be a, you know kind of a place where again we got some good talented young D um, to to slot in. I don't think we're gonna miss um, you know. Obviously I would like him to come back, but I don't think we'll miss too much of a step if he does uh, end up leaving.
0: Yeah. So do we want to talk about some of these recruits? Um, Now you mentioning that Werner Miettinen plays center intrigues me because that's like the one downside I see of like McHatton has a a running table with uh, recruits and their stat lines and everything. But um that and then, like the transfer portal too, it just it just says forward F for forward, D for defense. It doesn't distinguish between centers and forwards. Which again, I mean, if you're a forward, you, I mean, it's taking a draw. It's I mean, anyone can do that. It's not like it's uh, it's not like you're a pitcher in baseball. It's such a specialized position that you need to have a separate uh, position uh, designated by your name. But it does help this conversation to know. So if you've done some digging as far as which of these guys play center, um, Mick has it, I think, in, in his detailed write-up here from last week. Um, some of the the recruits, at least, he'll mention that, they, that they'll that they play some center, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's where I so, got it for,
1: for Verner being a center. Um, And also going through... Um, if you follow, I believe it's USHL on Twitter, sometimes they'll go on like a retweet spree of just line charts of before the games, Okay. and it'll have, like, college commitments on there. So I'll kind of see kind of where, who plays where and, and whatnot, who's on those lines together. So I get kind of a good idea, like, Barrett Hall usually plays left wing, things along those natures. So. Good.
0: Well, that'll help us um... – inform this discussion then um oh now you're just putting me on the spot now i'm nervous i mean it's we are kind (laughs) of we're not exactly flying blind here but a lot of this depends on again the numbers on how many guys are going to be available to come in Uh, but there's some of the hints that we can get is just looking at the age so if you're playing juniors you can't play juniors past the age of twenty. I think if if it's, there was like if you start the season at twenty, but you, you could I think end the season at twenty one. But essentially, juniors are sixteen to twenty years old. Um, so if you're I twenty years an old, extra
1: year for NAHL. It's possible. I know for like,
0: USHL, it's it's twenty. Your, is U- U- like,
1: USHL uh, is twenty. I think it's twenty one for NHL. You,
0: you might be right, um, but um, and it depends on like when your birthday is versus. Yeah, the season I think too, so it might be a little confusing. But essentially,
1: if you're looking, at I'm sure I'm sure you're always going to text me and tell me how I'm yeah, wrong and everything
0: because he's Please he do. works with the Norsemen, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, he could uh, he could inform us on on our ignorance here. Um, but you look at the uh, table that McHatton compiles uh, uh, regarding the prospects or the the recruits in the in the pipeline right now. You look at guys that are 20 years old um, as a good gauge as far as these are these are going to be the most likely guys to come in. There's always a possibility that they, you know, maybe they flame out in juniors and they, they don't make it to, to campus. Um, God, who was the guy? Was it Mitch Slattery? You remember him? Oh, yeah. He was a Hill Murray guy. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up going to Northern, I think, with Petalny. But he had some hype coming out of Hill Murray and then just sort of face planted in juniors. I think he started in USHL then down to NA and then St. Claude never was interested. They, they, they lost interest. Yeah. And so sometimes recruits will do that. Um, and I think just, just because they're listed as a current recruit now, it doesn't mean they're going to come in. But uh, if I think if based I on what we got here
1: correctly, Mitch Slattery had like a really good tournament in the, um, high school hockey when he was with Hill Murray. I think think he had like a really good championship or I I remember it
0: was kind of a good get for Matsko at that time. Um, Like this guy looks like he's, he's something, but uh, just never really materialized for him. But based on the, based on the guys we got now, at least the, uh, the 20 year olds, um, I'm thinking that it's a good chance that we see all of these guys. There's One, two, there's four 20 year olds right now, uh, in that listed on the, uh, commitment sheet. And I think a decent chance that we see all of these guys, uh, in the fall. And you're talking about centers. Uh, we can start with Jack Ryman, 20 years old, uh, from Ham Lake, been with a couple of USHL teams this year. Um think it means based on the there's Muskegon, Sioux Falls, and then Des Moines. Listed in that order, so I'm gonna guess he's currently at Des Moines.
1: He's currently at he's Des Moines and he plays on a line usually with uh Cupcho. Cupco. Uh, oh Lubomir Yes,
0: because that's another guy that was just gonna get to, another twenty year old. Um that's good. See, you've done more show prep than me, and I'm glad. Uh but uh based on Hatton's writing, uh Ryman play center on that line uh, in, in Des Moines. And we're talking about a dearth of centers. He's not putting up great numbers, 15 points this year in 45 games. But you mentioned he's playing with this Lubomir Kupko, who's having a pretty decent year, you know, 29 points in 43 games, 15 goals mixed in there. So maybe he is, you know, helping to feed him good line mates, yeah, we can, I guess we can pair these two together because playing on the same USHL team currently, that m- that might mean that they they may have some built-in chemistry coming in for next fall. Uh, perhaps we could see them on a line. Yep. Uh, and Hatton's write-up uh, also in, said in good fall. on a
1: face-off dot, so maybe uh, yeah, a face-off dot spellacy so. type. Fallacy or our favorite Sulquist.
0: Sulquist. Uh, you know, so we got that possibly. So those those are two of the uh two of the 20 year olds. Koopko I should mention. That's gonna be great. Uh, got probably a cupka and a Koopko. That's not gonna be that's not gonna uh, J- cause Jim Rich uh, any problems.
1: And Jason Bryant's uh, gonna have to make sure he knows which uh uh, uh emphasis for the uh Koopka and the Kupka. Co-cho- see I, even i'm confused now i don't yeah it could be like a slovakian like a the c
0: might be a ch yeah. sound, and i still don't know if it's Kupka or kupka i think i've been like 50 50 <laughs> saying he, both ways i don't know if entire, it's or karela we don't want to go
1: down this pronunciation road uh we are oh, all don't of our bring up yep, here nope, um, nope. i've already up. fielded enough complaints that we hammer that too much so and, past.
0: By the way, the ESPN guys, they're like, Oh yeah, we asked Jack Peart if he'd ever he- heard of Neil Peart, and they pronounced it Peart. I'm like, <laughs> I swear Rush Drummer guy is Pert. That's the only way I've ever heard that name <sighs> pronounced. Uh, now now I'm going nuts. Like I gotta figure uh, out what how Neil Neil Peart. Peart? Uh, Peart?
1: He, we
0: he's gotta find dead, out not he? he? He is dead, but don't worry about it. I'm not letting this one die uh, because it's this whole thing is this whole peer pair whatever. It's driving me nuts. All right. Uh, So uh, other twenty year olds, Uh, Tyson Gross, Cedar Rapids uh, in the USHL, thirty six points, most of that in assists, um, with uh, with Cedar Rapids, Calgary kid seems to be a. Somewhat of a pipeline for them. I think shyak has got some inroads there in the Calgary area. I believe that's where Kupka, uh, speak of the devil, um, is from originally. And so you got that um, uh, Alberta connection, uh, Ingram, as well as Manitoba, one, one of the prairie provinces. Uh, I'm pretty sure Shayak has been the the, the main recruiter uh, of that geographic area. So another another Calgarian uh, in in the pipeline, and so uh, looking like he's good chance of coming in here, and then the other twenty year old is this Caleb Tyson. Um, we mentioned, I think we mentioned him last year when the commit was announced. They committed him out of one of the minor Canadian junior leagues. I think it's maybe the OJHL, the Ontario uh, Junior Hockey League, which is also where they got that James Gray. Um, and I believe that's where he was at this year. He played, uh, in the NAHL, uh, for Maryland, uh, the East coast version of, or conference or division or whatever of that, of that, uh, league, uh, 20 year old, uh, the defenseman, as I mentioned, um, seems like he's a, a big sort of physical type defenseman,
1: yeah, six, five.
0: Uh, yeah. And. Gross is uh, gross as well as we just mentioned 6'3", three, uh, buck eighty on him too, so it's nice to see some 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 bigger you know size guys. We'll talk about Leo Gruba who I think is going to come in as well. Uh, he's got some size to him as well, so um, so yeah. And this according to Hatton, just twenty years old is, and he is playing the NA. So maybe this maybe this is a factor is where where we're talking about NA eligibility. He said it's Tyson's in his last season of junior eligibility. Um, and he's currently in the NAHL. So I don't know if that's universal, if, because he played in the Canadian juniors, if that's, if that throws a wrench into things, not sure, but, um, put it, puts up on, you know, he's not an offensive force, but, um, you know, he's, he's put up a decent amount of points, uh, this year at juniors. And, um, but he's more of a physical presence. He's maybe thinking about replacing guys. Maybe he's your new bushy, Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe that's what we can expect out of him. So based on the 20-year-olds, I'd say these four are very likely to come in um, next year. Looking at 19-year-olds, or at least maybe the non-20-year-olds. Uh, uh, oh, I, I guess we should mention first, because this is, it's listed here as 21 years old in the NAHL. Again, there is, that. I think the rule is you got to be I think the cutoff is new year's Eve. So if you're, if you don't turn 21 before December 31st of that year, then I think you can. So then if you turn 21 after that, but in that same season, I think you're still eligible to play. It might be something like that, but they're listing this Isaac posh goaltender uh, at 21. Uh, And Thinking about goaltenders, uh, he was in the system. He's been he's been committed for a couple of years now. He played last year in the USHL and uh, did not have a great season stats-wise. But I remember, I think it was Sioux Falls? Yeah, it was, City, it was Sioux maybe Falls. Maybe one of the Siouxs yeah. uh, was not a very good team. Well, they were uh, abysmal. And, and so that had perhaps some effect on the ugliness, uh, relatively speaking, of his numbers last year. Um, so stepped down a, a level uh, in juniors this year and went to the NHL with the Minnesota Wilderness. That's the one up in like Cloquet. Is that right? Yep. I know there's two Minnesota teams. I think one's in the cities and one's in the Cloquet area. And so uh, having a good year there. I mean, 925 save percentage um, and a 217 goals against. Uh, again, at a lower level than the USHL, but we've seen NHL, that's that's like Duluth's feeder league. Uh, For for goalies. Uh, Yeah,
1: I mean, there's only so, you know, such limited goalie positions. So going down to the NHL and playing goalie there, it's. You can stop a puck anywhere. I mean, they're going to find you.
0: So and so with Caster gone, uh, no more eligibility for him. um, And sounds like Bassie is going to be back. Mm hmm. And we're expecting him to be the main starter next year. Yep. You know, we saw him this year pretty much all until, well, I mean, he was even, it's it's almost hard to remember that the first two games of the Duluth playoff series, Bassie started Yeah. and going into game three, I remember texting a buddy, who do you go and go net tonight? And I said, well, they didn't pull Bassie in game two, which I thought they should have. They didn't pull him then. I'd assume he's starting. Uh, but Caster got the net and we never look back, uh, and for good reason. Cause Caster really, really ended his career in, uh, with a, uh, with a great run there yeah. ending in the regional final. But, um, you know, so if he was a 50, 50 goalie for the majority of this year, it's going to be more like a 75, 80, 20 split.
1: I, something like that. I do feel Brett now, I think, I think last year kind of scarred Brett by hitching to just one and then riding it. Now I do feel, yeah, 70%, 75%, you know, is probably going to be a little bit more common here on out, but I, I I think it's just too much of a risk to, to, to have a goalie start 90, 95% of your starts. So, so I do feel like there, if, you know, posh comes in, there's going to be a battle for between posh and gray to have that second rotating, in kind of a a scenario.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned James Gray. Uh, he's your your other guy still on roster, um, who I think they must think highly of because they kept the red shirt on him this year. Um, mentioned he they got him from one of the I think it was the Ontario Junior Hockey League, um, but uh, did not see any action this year. Uh, we we sort of got confirmation of that after the midseason exhibition game, which I figured would, would be Gray's Super Bowl, um, but did not play a minute in that. And then it was, I think, shortly after, it was kind of confirmed he's going to keep the red shirt on this year. And so, and with Pasha 21 coming in, um, you wonder if they're going to try to do a similar thing, like see if they can not play. I don't know if you can. It's like, again, I don't know if there's an age restriction Castor is 26, but he had the COVID year in there too. I don't know if you can redshirt a 21 year old freshman. And then I don't think so. Start.
1: I I, I, I think I think by then you have to they you start burning years. I don't I don't think like I think, I think 25 right. is I the cutoff.
0: Right. 25 used to be the cutoff, but I think it's the COVID kind of threw, well, he, threw yeah. stuff off yeah, he, he wouldn't be affected the by that the COVID that anyway. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Gray wouldn't. Correct. Yeah. Or Posh, obviously. So um so yeah, it's possible that it, even if you put the red shirt on him or not, it's possible that it could just be Bassian Gray that get action. We'll see maybe Posh is is just a third a token third stringer, but I don't know. I mean, you kind of want to see what you got there. I think Mm -hmm. Um, at least, you know, if you have an exhibition game, if they play one to start the year, um, this year, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see all three of them, um, get action in that. Um, I kind of like the idea of having a, a exhibition game to start the year. I think the problem there, at least it was this year is that October 1st, you can't play any games before October 1st. Um, I bet they get a I bet they get a preseason exhibition game this year because last year the first was Saturday. That's why they played St. Thomas Saturday, Sunday, because it was the first and the second of October. First of October this year is a Sunday. So meaning the first weekend would be the sixth and seventh. So like if I'm gonna put my money on it, they're gonna play an exhibition game that Sunday. On that Sunday. First. That makes sense. So if they if they play something like that, you probably get one period each for all three of the goals, if they're planning on not red-shirting posh. Because um, that was the other thing. I didn't think that, I thought that an exhibition game didn't count towards red-shirting, but clearly it did because they they didn't want to put gray in any action. Whether or not you're going to redshirt posh or not, you're going to see some gray this year, I think. And again, he's another intriguing prospect too. Um, he always put up very good numbers in that Canadian league, um, which was, again, he, he, you wonder how much stock he put into it because especially from St. Cloud's perspective, I, I think maybe more Eastern teams uh, recruit out of that league, but we just haven't seen St. Cloud dip into that league as much. But as I mentioned, Tyson also coming from that league or having experience last year in, in that league. Interesting to see what these guys can bring to the table. So uh, assuming that Posh is going to be brought in um, seems, I mean, if he, if he doesn't, then we're probably picking a guy up at the portal. Uh But I would assume he's going to be coming in. Yeah, he'll be coming
1: in, I think.
0: uh, Yeah, barring any unforeseen activity, uh, those will be your three goaltenders on roster next year. Um, So then these other other guys, um, you know, thinking of, let's go with, let me pair these guys together, Leo Gruba and Barrett Hall. Because I remember last year, right around this time, maybe May of last year, their commitments were announced fairly fairly close together. Um, and it seemed like these guys were sort of late bloomer. Maybe not late bloomer necessarily, but guys that had skated under the radar until last year um, were unrecruited until, like I said, around this time last year. But then since then, their stock has really risen. Um, Hall ended up getting drafted in the summer last year. And there was rumors that Gruba could as well. He still could be drafted this year. Um, Both of those guys, they were recruited out of the NAHL last year. This year they spent full seasons in the USHL, which again is another indication uh, of their rising stock as a prospect. And they both had really good seasons in the USHL Uh, hall puts up a 40 point season um, or is putting up a 40 point season with green Bay uh, Gruba 20 point season again, he's a defense, def- defenseman plus 19. And I said uh, 20 points uh, with Fargo. Uh, there's that Lea uh, Nick Oliver connection, um, with, with Gruba and Mietnin Vermietnin there. Um, and I think both of these guys are coming in based on they seem to be some of their top recruits at this point, and it seemed like they stepped up to uh, a higher level this year, going from NA to USHL and made the transition quite well. And so now making another step up into college, that's another big jump. But these two guys are maybe my most intriguing prospects to watch. And, you know, so I would assume they're both coming in. What what, what do you think? I know we're kind of going off with one's a defenseman, one's a forward, but... um, but just based on the hype that they have seemingly garnered over the last year, uh, I think it's fitting to sort of lump these two together. What, what are
1: your thoughts on these two? Um, yeah, it's, especially, uh, Barrett, uh, Barrett Hall kind of coming in, getting drafted. I was, um, yeah, he was really on no one's radar. So seeing that and how well, you know, he put up fairly pedestrian numbers, um, in the nhl in cloquet um where you but only played 19 games so i guess i guess that's probably a difference there 20 points i saw but i didn't see it in 19 games okay that makes sense <laughs> um but yeah 40 points in 49 games right now with the ushl so um you know just kind of doing a numbers game then because we gotta we gotta replace four forwards we gotta replace three defense um
0: yeah, and you're and you're counting Trayble gone.
1: I'm not I, since it's not official. I haven't counted it. So so let's just
0: say at least three defenses. So
1: yeah, yeah. So at least so Bushy Meyer and Zemer, um, yep. uh, Spelacy, Crookshank, Brandon Miller for forwards. Um, now Cronulla, we can add that to the list if we feel like there he's going to go. And then also, as you said, with Trayball as well. So, so then we're looking at five and four. Um,
0: did you factor Brandon to that, to the yes. exiting players yep. as well?
1: Okay. Yep. So, um, so just looking at numbers and looking at the pipeline, you know, it's, you know, we were talking about, um, Ryman as well. Um, uh, being a center, I could, you know, he's probably going to come in. Mietan is probably going to come in. Um, and then Hall, he coming in, um, you know, then it's uh, kind of where where you're at. Who's going to take another year of eligibility for juniors? Um, you know, and then obviously there's kind of, you know, uh, Gavin Thorson, who is kind of the big gem um, from what he was able to do in Andover. Um, him only being 18, I can imagine he's going to do another year in USHL, but, I mean, he's been... Really doing incredibly well so far. Um, and then with, um, Austin, um, uh, Brnovick. Brnovick, um, playing with the under 18 team, you know, he's a big body guy who can shoot, who played, uh, Totino Grace, um, Thor Bufflin, um, uh, Thor yeah. Bufflin from Roso. So, I mean, we got, we got quite the pipeline here going. Um, and that's, um, Larson's going to have uh, quite a juggling act and, you know, that's a lot of also managing expectations and talking to players, you know, who is going to, you know, to, to tell them that they're going to need another year of juniors and whatnot. And who knows if they like that answer, you know? Right. So that's, that's always the tough um uh, kind of aspect and why, why Larson gets paid the big bucks.
0: Yeah. It's the juggling act, you know, you get a guy like Burnavic mentioned him in the uh, with the U eighteen team right now. He's young, he's eighteen, um, but you know, thirty plus points for the U eighteens, and they play such a weird schedule. We'll play USHL competition and then they'll also play college exhibition games or exhibition games versus college teams. Um, with guys like that, it's like you might want to keep them back, but Keeping him juniors for you know another year, and, and them being somewhat of a high profile player at the U18 at the national team development program, maybe you're playing some politics there and saying maybe we'll bring him in a year early because that way he he's not going to want to decommit, go somewhere else that will give him minutes right away. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Thorson, uh, I would agree with you that I think that they would prefer him to get a full year. Uh, in juniors. Now I
1: want to say Thorson did sign. I saw that they, he signed a national letter of intent. So we do have a he, little bit of wiggle room there.
0: Yeah. And, and he's not uh, really struggling in, in the <laughs> USHL. No. um We see like a guy like Ingram, um, different, different situation uh, from him, but, uh, but similar as well. And, he was putting up great, great numbers in juniors. And we saw this year, it was, you know, it was some, it was a lot of promise, but it was a lot of struggles as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And do I, I don't know. Do I expect uh, if Gavin Thorson comes in this fall, that he's going to put up a, I don't know, you you fill in the blank 30 point season. I would feel like that's doubtful. And and I would like to think that a, a full year in juniors, would mean that he could come in in 2024, and then maybe we can expect like a Jackson Blake, Ryan McAllister yeah. type of uh, freshman season. But at the same time, if you think he's ready for that next year, don't waste any time. Bring him in. Uh, that's that's where the coaching staff has to. That's where they earn their their money, mm-hmm. their paycheck, because they're at a much better position to make these decisions and schmuck on a podcast is. <laughs> um, but uh, that's going to be a, a big juggling act. It's it's, you can't just treat these guys as it's like you're putting eggs in an incubator and you just want to keep them there. And because they'll always be there. Like you, these guys have options as well. And, and so there's always constantly moving, moving, Wheels, yep. uh, and you, you have to decide whether what when's the best time, and and when to pull the trigger, and, and that can be a difficult needle to thread. But so if we're saying, what did you say? We got we definitely have three defensemen, five forwards to fill,
1: four forwards, three defensemen, not including Cronulla and Trabel.
0: Okay, so if we start with kind of penciling in the twenty year olds, the four that we had there. Gross, uh, Kupko, Ryman, and Tyson. We got three forwards and one defense out of that. Um, and if we're confident about Hall and Gruba coming in, that's our fourth forward and our second defenseman out of that. Um, if we're again if we're gonna stretch it to five because we're thinking Cranle, then maybe that brings in yet, and We we feel like he's competent. It's we're confident that he's gonna be coming in.
1: I feel yeah. I mean we need centers.
0: Right. And if we're even if we're thinking that Trable might be gone too, that leaves four open spots for defense, which would mean both Thor Bufflin, who you mentioned, um related to what was it, second cousin, second cousin to cousin. Dustin? Um, and Warren Clark, again, two of the tall trees that we're planting. uh, Those are your other two defensemen currently in the in the system that are reasonable to bring in next year. There's, like I said, that Hen- Hendricks from California's defenseman, but he's 16, so. Those would be your four D that are coming in. And we've just listed five forwards that are coming in. Now that's, that's not mentioning Labins who I think is a decent chance of coming in. And that's not mentioned. That's not including Burnaby or Thorson. It's not including Agater who at 19 is older than some of these guys um, that we've mentioned, but you know, so I would say the ones that we listed there, as far as Gruba Tyson, for sure, for the defense, I think, are coming in. Bufflin and Clark, may not see both of them. Probably you'll see one of them. Um, and as far as the forwards go, Gross, Ryman, Kubko, and then I'd say uh, Hall and and uh, Miettinen as being the most likely five to come in, with then Lavins, Agater, and... Brnovick slash Thorson as your less likely options. And again, this could all change based on getting, bringing more recruits in or less based on their activity in the portal, Uh which if they pick guys up, which is not, I would not be shocked. I mean, Larson has liked to, to get some, especially veteran depth uh, through the portal uh, in the past. And again, there's always there's always a possibility of of further guy further players either entering the portal, current players for the Huskies, um, or guys turning pro, as well. So, did you have anything else? Like, what what do you think about the list I just gave as far as like the five that I think are pretty good locks to to come in? Five forwards yeah. and three D. What, what did you have anything
1: else to add there? I mean, I think kind of kind of nailed it and again you know what we have to look at and what we do look at or i do look at is spreadsheets and charts i mean it's it's nothing more than that i've i have never watched any of these guys play i've seen highlight clips which obviously can be misleading but um yeah, it's, I've seen Thorson play uh, like, that's you know, at, the high sc- at the high yep. school level. At the high school level, so, so different beast yeah. than the USHL. So exactly. So yeah, it's uh, it's a guessing game right now. That's uh, kind of who I think that's a that's a good bet on uh, who we think is going to be kind of coming through. So, um, so you know, that's uh, you know, kind of a preview of. Uh you know kind of what to look for I would say in the next couple of months um when it comes to news about uh potential portals or or um transfers slash incoming freshmen incoming uh, freshmen
0: we'll, we'll we'll get some recruiting like new recruits too like, yeah as I mentioned last year with hall and Grubo were were uh picked up right around this time and you yeah. know there is no off season for the, for college coaches. Uh, and this is a especially busy time of year. You got like the, the post season for the junior leagues, you know, you know, like the Robertson, the Robertson cup for the NHL. That's just like a coach's convention, essentially. Um, just all kinds of coaches will just go there and do, you know, offer, you know, offer some recruits, uh, you know, some spots at that, at that time and just see if they can seal the deal with recruits there or you know, finally see guys in person, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so the next month or two, not only with the portal, but with future recruits, um, uh, very busy time of year and we'll keep you uh, as apprised as we can. Uh, when we get that news, uh, we'll pass it along, but yeah, it's, a, it's exciting to look forward to the, to next year, but it is. I mean, I, I'd season rather
1: season. look forward to the Frozen Four, yeah,
0: uh, with the Huskies in true. it.
1: So, but very that's true. next year. That'll be next year. So that's right. Um, so I guess um, you know, here we are. You know, sitting at and you know, hour tenish. You know, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk maybe predictions of Frozen Four? Do you want to talk yeah, you about? Mentioned, you you uh, Hobie? mentioned the Frozen Four. Um, we'll get to
0: we'll get to the hobby. You mentioned Frozen Four. Let's get that okay. out of the way. Uh, Perfect. Sort of our the, the cap on this year's college hockey season. Tampa Bay hosting another Frozen Four. We got BU and Minnesota in the early game on Thursday, and then we have Michigan and Quinnipiac. It's
1: just going to throw Bob Motzko off. It's going to well, be I just. Said,
0: at least it's not the eight thirty game. Cause that's just, it's just not going to happen. Yep. So, uh, I was, uh, I saw some interesting betting lines. It Vegas does not like BU in this matchup. It's really
1: surprising to me.
0: <laughs> and I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm, I'm not as, I don't remember. I don't remember the exact line for the Quinnipiac Michigan game, but from what I remember, they don't really like Quinnipiac either. Um, I think I might put some money, uh, on BU in particular, uh, but maybe I, I'm starting to think like, maybe I'm just, it's, it's my anti-gopher bias that makes me, uh, not like them in these matchups. But as we mentioned, BU is playing very well right now, nine game winning streak coming into this game and, uh, got a really good player in Lane Hudson uh, as, as their star player. Um, but going up against, you know, not one, but two Hobie finalists with the Gophers, uh, again, we'll get to the Hobie discussion a little bit later, but spoiler alert, uh, Cooley and Knies both made the cut for the Hobie hat trick and that it was just too bad that they, that the Hobie hat trick can't be seven guys. Cause it would be six, six Gophers <laughs> And then go right? for fans would, would have that would have their way. Uh, this is just a stack lineup. This is the uh, mm-hmm. 78, 79 Canadians. I don't just, even know if that was one of their, I uh, think that, yeah, I think they won the cup that year. If you go with like any, any year before 1980 and you'd be like, who won the cup that year? Like a 90% chance it was the Canadians. Um, but um, these gophers, man, they're, they're just God's gift to hockey. What chance do you give the Terriers in this matchup? Because I like, I'm going to put like ten
1: bucks on me, on them in this game. Oh, I would, I would, I really like their chances. Um, I, I would say, I would even say it's more than fifty percent. Um, I I think Boston can play lockdown defense um, a lot better than they have, than obviously Canisius, but even better than St. Cloud can. Um, you know. I know Western Michigan wasn't playing their best hockey, but I mean, to, we've seen what that offense can do throughout the season and really limiting, um, you know, really anything for, for Western Michigan, only one goal. Um, I, I don't know. I really like Boston's team. I like their makeup and I, um, they're just able to win, close tight games they're able to get into a shootout and and uh, run up the score they had that what nine to six game against maine earlier this year and you know they're able to win two one two nothing you know it's so it's i think they're a little bit more adaptable and i think they're going to be able to shut down the gophers that's my prediction and yes i would put money on that.
0: another interesting matchup in goal for this game Again, we sort of are on the Magnus Krona side when it comes to Justin Close (laughs) for the Gophers. Guy's been putting up great numbers, um, better than Krona numbers. Uh, Buck 99 goals against, uh, elite save percentage. And then he got Drew Camesso on the other side for BU. I mean, he's a guy that's world juniors, um, always been like one of the highest ranked College goalies, as far as like pro prospects go, Huskies lit him up in the NCAA's a couple of years ago. Um, but he's been coming into his own here, playing very well. Uh, I would tend to give him the edge in net, even though the stats definitely favor close. Uh, but uh, I think that could be a a deciding factor in this game is, is goaltending. I, yeah, I see a I see a close game either way. I, I don't think this is going to be a three or four goal deficit type of game uh, uh, from either from either side. Whoever wins, uh, and so yeah, I do think it's going to be closer than maybe what the uh, what the odds makers uh, expect. And um, and I yeah, I don't I I do think that Boston has a good chance here. Um, how about in the late game? Uh, Quinnipiac and Michigan. Now, when I did the Whiskey Dave bracket, I actually put, I had Quinnipiac winning the whole thing. And I believe I I would have to check. I thought maybe, I know I had BU in the Frozen Four. I know I had St. Cloud there. I can't remember who I had winning the St. Cloud BU game. I did a second bracket where I had BU winning the whole thing. And Whereas I'm probably rooting for BU and Quinnipiac in these two games. Something tells me again, it's like big 10. I'm just lower on the big 10 than what reality is. And looking at this Michigan Quinnipiac matchup. Yeah. I think Quinnipiac can certainly play with them and and can beat Michigan. Michigan is not a perfect team, but I do feel like Michigan has a talent edge here. And it would be hard for me to think that the big 10 is going to get shut out in this uh in this frozen four meaning that they would lose both games not literally shut out but that they would go 0 and 2 in these matchups and i guess i would feel more confident with michigan over quinnipiac than i would minnesota over bu um so i think i'm going to go against my whiskey dave bracket and i'm going to pick michigan in this game what what about you
1: um I am I'm going to go Quinnipiac. I'm going to be a big 10 hater. And I think the difference is going to go down in goal. Um and I think uh Quinnipiac has the goaltending edge there and um like you said not a perfect team is Michigan. So uh that's where I think Quinnipiac um hungry um and they've got some experience on their side as well. So that's uh I'm going Quinnipiac that game this will be a revenge tour for Quinnipiac and parrots,
0: parrots, uh, their goaltender in particular, who they met in the regional final in Allentown last year. Obviously that was when St. Cloud played Quinnipiac. And, uh, the story there was St. Cloud, you know, parrots coming into that game. What did he have? 12 shutouts last year as a freshman, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then St. Cloud puts four goals on him. And then Michigan, does the same. I can't remember how many goals he allowed, but uh, he was pulled uh, in that game, in that regional final by Michigan. Now, there's been a lot of turnover in the Michigan roster uh, from last year to this year, but you know certainly several guys that do have experience playing uh, Quinnipiac and, and shooting on Peretz. So perhaps that gives Michigan the advantage as far as they know how to beat him, but that also maybe gives uh, Peretz that much more motivation to
1: um
0: pull a caster and oh, you know, I stick it to stick it to michigan
1: i forgot time. about that game michigan was up four rip and then the third period quinnipiac scores three goals to make it interesting at four to three that's right when did they pull Peretz? was it after, after two the
0: four, after four nothing. so yep. was it st sear but he, he ended up giving Given up a or did they score a couple of empty netters? Because it wasn't seven to four or seven to three was the final.
1: Um, yeah, he, sincere gave up one, but that was after two empty net goals by Michigan.
0: So it was four to three. They pulled them, scored two empty netters mm-hmm. to make it six, six to three. And six three back in, and then, and then they put they them back in. One. And they
1: scored another one to make it seven to three, and then after that, oh. Quinnipiac scored to make it seven to four, and that's how it ended.
0: Oh wow. But so he gave up all four in the first period, in one period of
1: action. No. First, uh, two in the first, two in the second.
0: Oh, okay. So it was like halfway through the game that, yeah. that they pulled him. So Four goals on 19 got, shots. Maybe he's got the, and that's the whole kind of ding against Peretz and people that say he puts up these great numbers, but he, he's, like Dryad McKay, he sees very few shots uh, throughout the year. Most of his. You know, ECAC games are, and the, it's not just the opponents he's playing, but the defensive structure that Quinnipiac has, it's usually he's only seen maybe an average of 15 to 18 shots a game. He's still got to make those saves, and he, he does. Uh, he uh, got um, a shutout I mean?
1: this year against Yale uh, by stopping five. <laughs> Yale <laughs> Yale had five shots on goal. and Was uh, that
0: in Yale's infamous um, four-game plus shutout or like scoreless drop
1: nope that was on march a separate one that was march 10th
0: oh that was in the playoffs then
1: so uh wow yeah that was in the ecac tournament and lost so so it's um
0: i mean that's an extreme example but i mean it 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 is is. and
1: it's not like like we talked about yale and how they're they weren't able to score a goal (laughs) Yeah, so he's going to be,
0: he's going to see seeing much more than five shots in this game. A little
1: um, bit Michigan.
0: Um, but yeah, so, so you're going to take Quinny and I'll take Michigan in that game. So that means we both have BU.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to take BU in that game. So you got BU versus Quinnipiac. I got BU versus Michigan. Who do you got as a champion?
1: I got BU. And I just think they've impressed me. So, and granted, I didn't, you know, only watch the the two games with them, but I think they can win both ways. And, um, you know, I was really impressed um, uh, with, um, and of course, I'm blanking on his name, Lane Hudson. Hudson. Um, so, and I was really impressed with uh, him on the back end. I thought I think he's going to be, um. Uh, you know, coming from you know again as a freshman too, coming right from the under eighteen team, Montreal draft pick. It's, I, I think that's a, a, a that's a heck of a player. Um, and I, I I think he might be a little bit too much to overcome.
0: Yeah, I would definitely root for them. Well, I mean, if Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac makes it, I might root for them because they've never won a title, and it feels like they've always been at the doorstep. This will be the second time, a, yeah, of these just three. like Saint
1: Cloud, which is why I don't want them to win. That's true. That's, not that's, that's one way to look the at two it. Two times that we have been eliminated by them. Yeah. So no, I'm so not on only the Quinnipiac met, train. We've got to win
0: against BU in the tournament. We've yes. one and one against BU in the tournament. I think it's year 2000, the year 2000, <laughs> they lost to BU in that, in that year. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good way to, to think of it. Uh, so if I got Michigan and BU, I'm looking at, they've actually played each other this year. In um, way back in early October is actually the first road game, second game for Pandolfo total, first road game, Michigan won nine to two against BU. BU comes back the next day and beats them three to two and in Ann Arbor. And that's impressive. I mean, it's not impressive to lose nine to two, but to pick yourself off the mat the very next day and to score a key road win like that, you know, early indication that this team, it was different than they had been in years past under their previous regime.
1: I I just, I just, don't see uh the game where um, where where uh Boston uh, or Michigan goes on the power play 9 times
0: yeah and that game so and, score, and scoring how many goals <laughs> 9 9, nine times thank you i, I don't want to burn out the circuit there um, so I, I, get the, I
1: mean, they had, uh, three
0: goals on a five on a five on three in the first period. <laughs> so, so yes, I mean that, that, that one, yeah, that's one case study in looking at one result and how it can be a little bit dece- deceiving. Um, but put that said, I mean, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's a data point to consider. Um, I suppose we could have the possibility of having another Minnesota-Michigan matchup. Betcha that's what uh, ESPN's salivating about, uh, that possibility. Um, but um, the other matchups, you know, Quinnipiac-Minnesota or BU and Quinnipiac, those teams have not played each other this year. So uh, it would be interesting to get a, 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 a rematch of a previous uh, matchup this year. So if I'm thinking Michigan-BU, Again, I think I took BU in this bracket. I'm I'm going to take Michigan in, in somewhat of a reverse jinx fashion. <laughs> All right. Uh, because in that specific case, I would definitely root for BU. So I'm going to go Michigan. And hopefully that uh, jinxes them. Perfect. Love it.
1: Um, we talked a little bit about the uh Hobie. Uh, the Hobie hat trick was announced, and um, that anytime that the Hobie hat trick and the Hobie Baker Memorial Award gets brought up, that gives uh Adam Woden a chance to get on his soapbox and just scream into the void and uh really troll for clicks. And he did that uh really to a T again this year, um, as, as he was uh. He has a problem with the character uh, categorization of the Hobie Baker Award. And uh, Gopher fans had their theories and their thoughts about splitting the vote, even though it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, So, um, like, when I say it doesn't work like that, like, the voting's done. Like, these right. are just the top three vote getters. So it's not like these vote getters now are choosing between Cooley and knives and which one are they going to pick? That's already done. It's already, they're, So, so I mean, it's possibly that they matter. already, that
0: they already split the vote between them as it True. is right now, as is how the final vote was. Um, it's possible that that was a factor in that, but that's the least compelling part of this dust up, as you mentioned. So, fantilly did we mention that fantilly uh was obviously the other nominee or finalist uh, along with we Kool-y probably mentioned
1: I, that early in the podcast but no, i don't think i mentioned yeah, it, it, it just seen, yes. yeah, if Fantilli you're listening from to this Michigan,
0: podcast i think you know you know you think you know
1: you don't need uh, us to tell you've seen Warden tweet about it <laughs> so.
0: or write articles or write articles you know, or, or. Uh, rant on or his podcast
1: or uh, rehash articles from 2013. I think it all just stems from the fact that Crystal wasn't a finalist. I think everything comes back to the fact that Danny Crystal was not. Well, it goes beyond that
0: because it was Matt Fratton too. He he was he had a bug up his butt about that when Mealy beat him. Um,
1: he didn't beat him he's... in a lawn or a lawnmower <laughs> throwing competition, did he? <laughs> No comment. <laughs> oh, for people who don't aren't aware, uh, Matt Frenton threw a lawnmower uh, when he was <laughs> drunk in North Dakota. Allegedly, sorry. And what
0: was what was
1: Cristo's frostbite? Was he it? got he got he got drunk and passed out on a porch, I think, in Fargo, or I'm sorry, not in Fargo, in Grand Forks. So you can guess what happened to his toes there. I don't. I, right I call right. him. I call him. I call him Nine Toe Christo. I don't know for a fact if he only has nine toes. He might only have like six. But like, apparent. One of the rumors that I I heard about it uh, allegedly, obviously, um, is that like after the picture, like or they like there was a picture of his foot, like after like with the frostbite and everything, and it's like like people throw up after seeing that. It's like just the most disgusting thing. <laughs> And I asked uh, uh, Gage Asmus on on Twitter. I asked him if he seen the picture. He replied that he didn't, um, which is That's kind good. of kind of a bummer because I want I want to know what this picture looks like if this picture allegedly exists. Like Fratton allegedly threw a lawnmower. Could have been somebody else. I don't know. There's a lot of stories about that era of North Dakota <laughs> that were all Correct. really interesting and with yes. the. Uh, with the uh, opening of a cop car door, uh, T.G.O. She peeing, allegedly, in an elevator. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of stories about that. Yeah. So. Compiled quite the
0: uh, greatest hits tape uh, yeah. in, in that era of, I, of UND.
1: Like, like, I don't know if Cameo is still a thing, but, you know, where you can buy, like,
0: Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah! Like a birthday greeting or something. They have
1: one for TJ Oshi, and I really want to buy one and just say, "You got to tell me some of these North Dakota stories." Like, I, I bet we could like range. Like, I got to know some of this tea. How much of it is true, and how much of it isn't? Okay. Allegedly,
0: yeah, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, I don't know where to. I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, I guess I'll just put it out there. I really. I would not, I don't really care if uh, Fantilli wins. Uh, although, you know, I know we're not picking from those three, but if I were to pick from those three, I would vote for Fantilli, probably. Um, the argument that Woden is responding to, and he does a lot of strong, Woden does himself <laughs> no favors
1: <laughs> he he tends you know,
0: to be a really poor argue, I, argument. I, he doesn't formulate very good this
1: arguments. This has to be a facade. This all has to be an act to drive engagement. I swear to god cuz he can't be this bad at arguments.
0: Mm, I I think he's just bad
1: at, at arguments. <laughs> you think um, so? Oh.
0: Yeah, I mean I I had mentioned a couple weeks ago I had a rant hip pocketed about he did an article that was all in support of Alaska making the NCAAs. It seems moot to bring that rant up now. Maybe we'll get to it in the summer because some of his points, it actually, it, it had the opposite effect of his points, which he felt were mic drop points. Um, I actually saw it like completely different, but because he brought up like they went on the road so often. And I think that, I think there's actually something there as far as when you can get a pairwise advantage by playing a majority of your games, a majority of your schedule on the road. We can get to that, but that only, that only was sparked in my mind based on his poor argumentation, Where, which in that article included like he compared the top 16 teams to top 20 teams at one point. He was really... Like fudging math in order to fit his arguments or to make them look as good as he could, just like rudimentary or uh, just da- bad, bad faith arguing.
1: Uh, I'm really curious where the under eighteen team would fit in the pairwise. Did they play enough games <laughs> that's right. against college? They'll play some home <laughs> game.
0: Like there's some weird teams that will play at Ann Arbor or wherever. I think it's in Ann Arbor, right? Or Detroit? Yeah. Somewhere in suburban Detroit. There'll be some teams that actually visit them, um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, they play on the road. But anyway, that's a separate, that's just an example, I think, of he frustrates me because it seems like he just feels like he can throw out emotional arguments and have and just kind of yell increasingly louder, and that is seemingly a, a stand-in for an argument. Um, I'm at a point, too, it's just frustrating in general, like, that just seems to be what people do now it's I don't even care what your conclusion is I don't care what your conclusion is all I'm really interested in is making a cogent argument I'll go along with any like BS conclude a premise just give me a compelling argument and it doesn't matter if I agree with it or not I'm just here for the argument there's like a twins uh, beat writer uh, who's like yeah I really think this is gonna turn heads but Kirby Puckett's the most overrated twin ever. And I'm like stroking my beard. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm with you. Let's give me an argument. And he, uh, he's just like, yeah, I just think he's overrated. I, I just think the fans think he's the best and he's more like fifth best. Like, that's not an argument. Like, (laughs) tell me, like, what did he not walk enough? Like, is he like a huge analytics guy? Uh, But it was not any of that. It was just, it was just kind of emotions. And then it was also, Woden does this too. It's straw manning or building an assumed block of people. Like, so everybody thinks this, whenever someone says, you know, ever like Woden says, everyone thinks the Hobie is just the Heisman of college hockey. Everyone thinks it's just the best player in college hockey. So that's, that way he can ignore the, the four laid out, like clearly enumerated Uh, bullet points of criteria that the Hobie Baker voters are given as criteria and how they vote on this award. So I don't know where you where you stand on this character on the character uh, criterion of the Hobie, which is seemingly, as you said, Woden's biggest bugbear. Yeah. Is he feels like he cannot, you cannot adequately judge character based on a player on a on a college hockey player, I, and he feels it's a BS uh, thing to even have as a consideration for a voter. That frustrates me because, again, it's another one of these modern day postmodern I don't care what the rules say; I'm just going to interpret it how I feel it is, and then that should rule the day. What you should say, just you should move to change the rules. Don't, don't just pick it, like cherry pick which rules you're going to follow and then foist ho- your own interpretation on what you think the award is. I feel like there is a movement in the last few years from from Hobie voters. I think that they feel like the the like Kyle Connor losing to VC. Um, I feel like they feel like there's an like egg on voters' faces for that. So I think there's a faction of Hobie voters, they vote for. Who's going to be the best pro player from for the Hobie? Not necessarily what the Hobie Baker has traditionally gone for, which you could say is BS. You could say that Drew LeBlanc winning the Hobie over Christo or any of the other, you know, Goudreau was a, you know, he was a player, he, he was up for, I think he was a top 10 finalist. He wasn't top three, but he won it the next I'm year. I'm
1: pretty uh, sure Goudreau was top three. I
0: know that Hartzell was, maybe he was, maybe he was the third. All um, right. That's a, that's a great example too. Like obviously you look at that and Goudreau turned out to be way better than the those Hartzell and LeBlanc, as far as their pro careers go. But you can say it's BS that the Hobie has traditionally stood for, or has been given to players like LeBlanc over um, guys like, Gaudreau or Kyle Connor or name, you know, name your sexy freshman star. Um, maybe giving it to a senior who has a more compelling narrative. I'm, that's the thing. Like I'm fine with giving the award to Fantilli, but I'm also fine with a voter dinging Fantilli for any number of reasons. Not, not, in, not limited to, but including the fact that he is just a one and done guy. Um I, it, again, you can disagree with the notion that it shouldn't, it should just be the best player. Like you should, I could see you making that argument, but traditionally how this award has been presented, it's more for the, you know, embodying the college a- athletics spirit, uh, to, to, uh, a greater degree you're factoring mm-hmm. in scholarship. You're factoring in, uh, sportsmanship. You're factoring in quote unquote character, um, And you're not just making it a, uh, a performance based award. And I kind of like that idea. Um, you know, I, if I was a top 10 voter of the, the I would have, I would have definitely voted for pollen to be in the top three. Um, because I think he's, uh, he's more representative of what the Hobie winners have, have been in the past. Um, and again, you can say, you, I'm fine with you disagreeing with that notion. Um, do you think that it should just be a, who's the best player? And you don't really like the, it's the best person or the best narrative, or he's he's been there for, he's a senior. Where, where are you thinking? Um, I know I'm kind of just throwing stuff against the wall, but. Yeah.
1: Like I, I've always looked at that whole character assessment is like a way of saying, of, of like college hockey trying to be on this moral high ground of like, well, it's not just about that. It's about being a good person too. And it's like, because it, 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 I think it all kind of factors into also like this whole notion of like hockey is a classy sport <laughs> and it's like, Oh, you're classless. If you don't, if, if you don't like hockey or if you don't do it this way or whatnot. And it's like, we're a little more upscale in hockey, and I think there's a lot of icky undertones when it comes to that. So in my, like, I would be okay if they just drop that, um, because I think that whole character assessment can be weaseled into one too many ways. Now, Chriso, you know, was his character that bad because he partied in college? I mean, no, I don't I don't think so. But at the same token, the whole narrative around Drew LeBlanc coming back from injury to produce the season he did and to to lead the Huskies and 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 whatnot, I mean, you can make that assessment too. I mean, everybody knew that Goudreau was a better player even at that time. Um so I I don't know. It it it's one of those things that I, I just feel every every year there's always going to be some kind of talk about it and and about that aspect it just already a heisman or best player or whatnot it's always got that gray area anyway so when you add that gray area to the best player but on top of it add this other asterisk of whatever you mean and now apparently people have been saying and again i say people i don't know the other argument because i just see woden's point and Woden tweeting out and Roden writing articles. I don't see really anybody's counteract, but apparently it comes down to penalty minutes because Fantilli has more penalty and that's a character assassination. Well, and that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, yeah,
0: he he that's that, he's making a straw man argument there, yeah. I think. Um because it's not the maybe maybe the penalty minutes in total factor into it, but I think I think people point to their he, he got into a fight. got into a fight this year
1: Um, in hockey. Oh, how dare?
0: Well, I'll I'll say this. I mean, I've attended 300 plus college games, watched on TV hundreds more than that. I have never seen a college hockey fight. Obviously they exist and I might've forgotten one, but I feel like I would not forget a fight in college hockey.
1: I still remember the Minnesota state, North Dakota fight that they had Man, that was a heck of a scrum That was a full out hey, line We've bro. seen
0: like the end of the game Sort of everybody's out on the ice And bear hugging And and that, we've seen I've seen that several times But I've never, I think I would have remembered An announcement of a penalty For, you know, people going to the box Five for fighting, and game misconduct And blah, 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 blah I, I don't remember that And so It's, I think it's, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a worse case if you're trying to ding him for character based on penalty minutes to to ding him on one incident in particular. But I think that's, that's more of a case than just the penalty minutes as a a total. He's making the worst possible argument there. I think, again, where do you draw the line? Oh, he, he didn't have many penalty minutes, but he did the Marty McSorley chop over the head. But he only had 20 penalty minutes other than that. So you can't <laughs> ding him on penalty minutes. This was a fairly uh out of the ordinary incident. And even on their podcast, they're like, you'll, you go back to the video. He didn't even start it. Like they were doing that sort of <laughs> uh excuse making for it. And again, I don't mind him getting the Hobie and I expect him to win it, but I don't, I don't also, I also don't, um, blame a voter for voting against him because of that incident. Um, maybe that's, maybe that's preposterous, but, um, again, because the, because it's in the, the criteria itself, I, I just, I don't think you can completely disregard that and still think that your argument holds water, um. And then when you point to a specific incident like that and you say it's just oh it's the sixty seven penalty miss. no it's not the it's not the number it's the quality of them same with Cooley I mean we saw in that Fargo regional um, <laughs> the hack to the nuts of Cranola yeah like, it's a cheap shot and he had he had other major that wasn't a major but he had other he had I think two majors this year other than that um, should that be the deciding factor I'm not saying. I don't think any one thing should be the deciding factor. Okay. Maybe if you murder a guy off, can, you know, not on the ice, maybe that should play a factor. Maybe you shouldn't get the Hobie then. Where do you draw the line, though? Is it the Bert- Todd Bertuzzi hit kind of thing? Um, or is it, you know, a fight? Woden also thought a huge a mic drop argument was the fact that he got a Gordie Howe hat trick in that game because he got a goal, a goal and an assist in a fight in that Michigan State game. And he said that was the most retweeted tweet in CHN history. So he thought that that meant that, well, see, everyone loves it. (laughs) Give him the Hobie. Uh, Again, I think there's, there's room for gray area. And um, I don't, I don't have a huge take one way or the other on whether or not he, he should get the Hobie or not. I just, I, I get more bothered by poor argumentation and, And, and we, we seem to, like you said, the, the Hobie has these debates. I think that should be, they should at least maybe try to have a serious conversation as, as far as are are the standards that are on paper right now, are those still relevant? I mean, Hobie's been around for 40 plus years. Uh, it's possible. I mean, he has award.
1: He's been dead for a while.
0: He's been dead for a while. Um, but, uh, it's very possible that this award has evolved into something different than what it was in 1981, uh, and if so, updating the criteria would be great because at least then you'd be consistent and you'd be work or operating within the rules. I, I, I like the fact that we have like these topics about like MVP. As far as I know, like other sports, hockey, baseball. When they award an MVP, is there a specific criteria for MVP? Because we get into these semantic debates about what's value, what's valuable mean? Does valuable mean the best? Not necessarily. Maybe in this case, it's not. I actually appreciate the fact that the Hobie has specific criteria uh, that you can go back to and it, but everyone's it helps guide criteria. The, guide the
1: like how they interpret that criteria, everyone's is different, which is that's what I don't like. That's, yeah. And that's, that's, why, yeah. that's and that's why, that's why I so wish if, it was more cut case, and dry when it comes to it. It's always now, it going can to be, still subjective. be subjective. Yes. I understand that part of it, but to have it to be where like, what does character mean to any specific voter? That's where my issue is and, and, and what everything means. So,
0: yep. It's always going to be a subjective process. Um, i know we're beating up on him but um that's fine he he encapsulates a lot of these uh a lot of the arguments that we've we've heard so maybe there'll be an article
1: about us on chn then
0: maybe (laughs) so maybe that's but he's uh, like yeah how do do you judge character for all you know logan cooley goes home and kicks his dog this is what he said on his podcast First of all, it's kind of unfair to Logan Cooley. That's that's kind of like saying to someone, it's the classic trap question. Like, when's the when did you stop beating your wife? You ask someone that. It's like it's the 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 leading of the question, but what? Because it puts it puts into everyone's brain the fact that you're a bad person, even though it's just this BS hypothetical. Uh, But so you say, yeah, you can't you can't know. In his art, in his written article, he mentioned, what are we supposed to ask them their opinion about the war in Ukraine? Dude, do you realize how awful your arguments are? Do you even read yourself sometimes? Um, Yeah, we don't know how these players... We don't know how these players are off the ice, aside from police reports, in some cases, as you've (laughs) referred to. But... There was a way We're that you can judge character based on their on-ice
1: actions. And, and, um, and, which... and are you saying that Tony Mosey shouldn't be allowed to be eligible for Hobie just because he happened to walk on a cop car? <laughs> like, come on.
0: D- doesn't he have some <laughs> college eligibility left? I mean, he could come back and get that Hobie that, that he Hobie. so
1: richly deserves. And talk about a character driven art! Like, oh coming back from the depths of Florida Everblades tournament and... Walking on cop cars, coming back and winning the Hobie when he's 30, Win, no, five. No, no, no. winning,
0: winning the Mosey. They
1: oh, winning just the reading mose- the, tr- winning, oh, winning the trophy. Yes. Reading
0: the trophy after him. I think. I think that's the only logical conclusion. Come back I'll send in that to yeah. Woden. Let's <laughs> send that to Woden. I'm sure we'll get his stamp of approval. Yeah. And uh, exactly. I think that does it for the uh, Hobie Baker
1: talk. So you're, you're voting Fantilli in your hypothetical ballot. Of the three, which again isn't how it works. Again, whatever. I mean, <laughs> of the of the three,
0: I might vote for Nye. I think Nye is the. Uh, I think he's better than Cooley. I think he's a better player, all around player, than Cooley is. Cooley is the better offensive player, but Nye is the better two way player. Um, and I haven't watched Fantilli enough. I I I, I haven't watched uh, Michigan enough to the extent that, uh, but I can read a stat line and uh, <laughs> Fantilli makes plenty of sense. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe I'd go, m- maybe Fantilli, I, Fantilli, Knives, Cooley in that order. Ni- I
1: Knives. Really I, like
0: I said, I would have put, I would have had Pollen in, in the top three. Yeah.
1: But. Knives, um, was the big 10 player of the year. Um, mm-hmm. and Fantilli, Fantilli is in the same conference. That's right. So if we want to flash. another one of the, you have a like, uh So, uh, cardigan, uh,
0: <laughs> so, so and, um, I want yeah, Fantilli yeah.
1: to win. Just, just so they know how it feels. To, I, think that, Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just so they know how it feels to have the big, uh, the WCHA player of the year uh, that the Huskies had for, um, for Hardigan, who ended up losing to, um, uh, Leopold, who was not the Big Ten play, or the WCHA player. The WCHA. Right. So, so I want the shoe on the other foot. Um, in this case, and I yeah. want, I want Fantilli, I like that idea. Even though I think Fantelli was rookie. At the wasn't he in the Big Ten? But I would assume don't care. so maybe
0: maybe Cooley beat him out for that.
1: Yeah. Really? So but but uh so so that's what I'm hoping. Um uh, we'll we'll see what happens, you know, and then we'll see another three hundred tweets uh from Woden about it. I would imagine.
0: I will say I I mean probably more than half the time I agree with Woden. I don't think he's. I I, I enjoy CHN. I, I prefer it the to guy Ucho. knows
1: his pairwise. Um, so I guess that's anything he pairwise does. related. He, he usually. And I aware. think
0: he can be a decent writer. I just I feel like sometimes he doesn't make as good of arguments as he thinks he is making. Um, And CHN needs they need a they need a, a women's section. That's the one downside of CHN versus us show. Us has a much better women's hockey yeah page or presence for that matter. They have actually I have like a writer that writes columns for them. Um, so step that up, CHN.
1: Uh, because I, I don't uh, like
0: going to us show to check out their scores. That's like the only real reason i will go to US show.
1: God, so, US, us show. The downfall of us show is, <laughs> is just something um, like in my app on my iPad. Every time I click show women in the CHN app, it crashes. So it's just, I like, don't even
0: have that on their app that I have, uh, through Android. Yeah. I there is no women's function mm. for it. And That's I don't right. even found that on their website only like this year, uh, but it's all just paid. It's all, it's just, it's just scores and standings. It's all. It yeah, is. exactly. So, so,
1: all right. Um, Well, we have another uh, segment, but I mean, we're, we're coming up on two hours. So, um, what would you say about, you know, we can, we can just hammer through the segment or we can even do introduce the segment, have it for next week. And then even the week after do the actual awards. So like an extra show.
0: No, let's do it now. Let's do it now. No extra, no extra show.
1: Oh, no? all right.
0: It won't take us too long because we'll, we'll, we can expand more next week sort of on the nominees and the winners, not to spoil things too much yeah. of the segment that we're just going to delve into, but we're, we're talking, award, we're, we're, we're entering awards season.
1: Yes, it is. Uh, uh, it is award season uh, right now. The so new feature, get, uh, our the new end, feature. Uh, end of the year awards um, here. And, um, first time that we're, we've done this. First we time? Are,
0: uh, we're christening these. Uh, it, these are just St. Claude State relevant awards. We've got what, six categories? So think, yep. of, think of it like the Oscars. But for St. Cloud State hockey, not the Oscars. We're, we're, it's the Herbies. The Herbies. Uh, the first annual Herbies presented by the Huskies Hockey Podcast. We are going to be in black tie next week. Um, Tuxedos and the full bit. The champagne will be flowing like beer.
1: I think, Uh, I think uh, Craig doll will be MC special MC doing the announcements. So,
0: and so, and we're going to try to get some fan engaged some listener engagement involved here too. So what we're going to do is said, we've got six categories of Huskies hockey awards. We're going to get a, Three nominees yep. for each category. Three nominees we for have,
1: each category.
0: Is there one that we so. have four nominees that we couldn't?
1: Nope. We split that into two different categories. Oh, yeah. That's right, that's <laughs>
0: so, right. okay. so we got three nominees for each. Yep. And we're going to put the fans, we're going to put these out for a vote on Twitter, each of these categories mm-hmm. with by the next week. So the next week's show, we are going to and announce it, the winners. Yep. Exactly. And how we're going to vote on these. I get a vote. Weldy gets a vote. And then the Twitter vote will count as a vote. There might be some ties involved, but we'll, we'll break them one way or the other. We'll, we'll flip it. This point. is not a scientific process. But we want to get the, some, the listeners involved and, and, ha- and have the listeners have their say. Uh, and so what we'll do now is we will reveal the categories and the nominees. Because we want to keep this short. We don't want to go all <laughs> night here. Um we might just have a token little sentence or two about the category next week. We can kind of go in depth, in depth. through each nomination mm-hmm. and uh, like the Oscars will have
1: like a clip yep, of, yep. Uh, you know, and we hopefully if Weldy is on his
0: S H I T we'll have some clips uh, in the Twitter poll, at least for one of the categories,
1: uh, which uh, so we might as well just go with it. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay, so we'll start with this one, the first so, category. Yeah, the uh, Aaron Brocklehorst Goal of the Year. Um, yes, so we have some blasts from the past fast, that we named yep.
0: these awards for. But the, the moment of the year is the Aaron Brocklehorst uh, Huskies moment, uh, or Goal of the Year. I'm sorry, Goal of goal, the Year. I'm getting of ahead year. of myself. Yep. Goal of the Year. So, so our three nominees
1: are... Actually, this is one we have for. So
0: <laughs> your... See, this is, this is the amateur production. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. We've, totally, we've
1: totally. Forgot. To so uh, we've got uh, Adam Ingram uh, against Bemidji, um, where he was uh dangle and toe drag. Um, we've got, uh, uh, we got Jack Peart, um against Mankato. Uh, that one put us up, what, two, nothing in the regional nothing in, in the NCAAs, in yep. the NCAAs that went bar down, um, and uh, we have Zach Okabe, uh the game-winning overtime goal against North Dakota to eliminate North Dakota and to advance the Huskies into the frozen face-off. At the, face X. Off,
0: at the, the X. Frozen face-off.
1: And yep. then we've got the 195-footer. Um, oh, wait, no, this one wasn't the 100. Eh, that was 180-footer 180, 180 from uh, Brendan Bushy against Colorado College. Uh, who was uh, able to snipe? So those are the four. This was goals the only sub- category
0: that we had the four nominees.
1: Yes, but everything else we, we really
0: wanted to fit all four of those in. We couldn't figure a way to knock one of those out. So mm-hmm. those are the four nominees. And like I said, if if Weldy's what I think he is, he'll have each of the clips of these goals available sometime in the next week. It's kind of like sending out a, a screener to the Oscar voters. You know, you you see the movie before you vote on it. You want to see the uh, see the goal uh, before you vote on it, too. That Ingram goal was a pretty one. And I think people might forget that because that was, you know, beginning of the year. It was early. Um, But uh, and we got a couple at the end of the year that people maybe are more familiar with, or at least it's more recent. Uh, So enjoy those. And um, yeah, those are our four nominees for best goal. How about. The what, what's our next category?
1: Uh, next category, we'll go with the uh, Chuck Clausen, a moment of, of the season. Moment of the year. Moment of the year here. Um, we have uh, the uh, home sweep of North Dakota with the uh, two multi-goal comebacks. Um, mm-hmm. We've got uh, Brett Larson with his 100th win uh, as a coach and the video of uh, all the players hiding in Omaha um which was kind of a feel good moment and then the uh, frozen face off winning the frozen face off for the championship for the uh, NCHC so those are those um some good nominees all some, around some good nominees anytime that north dakota loses i'm always a fan so That's correct so and then i realize uh for freshman of the year i i didn't pick out a name um i threw it out
0: in in pre in pre show Andreas Nodal.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, the Andreas Nodal freshman of the year. Um, I I wanted to really name it the Tony Mosey. Um, <laughs> but that's but, our character of the year. That's our. That's our oh know, yeah, exactly. doesn't doesn't exist. Doesn't but exist. But.
0: It exists in our in our hearts.
1: Yeah. Um. But uh, but he was not a freshman when he scored against Northern Michigan. So he was a freshman against Clarkson. That's so that's a kind of a bummer. Freshman of the year. Um, we have Adam Ingram, uh, Cooper Wiley, and Jack Rogers are three freshman nominees. Freshman of the year. All good so candidates. All good. Um, and really, all three of them kind of came into their own as the season, mm-hmm. uh, kind of went uh, went on.
0: All got so. better, and they played their best at the end of the year. In, which is a good sign. So,
1: uh, forward, uh, the Drew LeBlanc forward of the year. Um we have uh Cronola, Crookshank, and Okabi are the three nominees for forward of is, the year. This is tough competition. I did um, not realize that um Okabi I think he's at ninety-five points on his on his career. So I didn't know he was that uh, that far up on the list, or I I, I didn't think he was that He's close to 100. Up. Yeah, yep. Um, Hopefully so. he can get over 100. Yeah, coming back next year. Exactly. So uh, then, obviously, that the Hedekin defenseman of the year. Um, I I lobbied really hard for the Justin Fletcher, or the Grant <laughs> <laughs> the Grant Clafton, uh, defenseman <laughs> of the year, but did not get the it. Casey Boron. Yeah, which I mangled his
0: name on the last show. Uh-huh. Um,
1: so uh, we should have gone with Dave Iannazzo for forward of the year. Huh? <laughs> born to score, born to score, Dave Iannazzo. So anyway, defenseman uh, Brett Hedican, defenseman of the year. Uh, we're going with uh, Anhorn, Peart, or Meyer
0: are the three nominees there. For- Another good three nominees. You got the the the, the Anhorn. This one's going to be an interesting one too yeah. because. You got a good case for Anhorn, a, but then you have a, a good negative case for him, too, because he was injured for much of the year. Peart, healthy all year. And, but then you have Meyer, too, sort of sliding in there as maybe a Pacino, scent of a woman, kind of. A legacy pick. A, a legacy. And, and has a, the a character
1: as well. It has the character. Never mind. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. Just like Hedekin so, has character, I assume. So. That's right.
0: Should we actually make this the, head, the Brett Hedekin and Christy Yamaguchi because they're always they're always kind of coupled together?
1: I uh, mean, in, in any sense. my wife listens to this podcast, so it would probably be the Christy Yamaguchi Brett Hedekin <laughs> defenseman <laughs> of the year. Um, so uh, we can, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll workshop that. We'll workshop. That. See, see what the I, I say, about. Justin Fletcher. I think we could just put that name down. Um, okay. and That'd obviously, as I'm talking about defenseman of the year, you're. Everyone know, is probably yelling at their at their uh, radio dial, no, their podcast machine, um, on on what defensemen we're missing. Well, that's because obviously he's the MVP, the most valuable Correct. player, the most valuable Husky, the Jess, the Jeff Finger Memorial Most Valuable Player, most
0: Award. valuable player. So
1: the Jeff Finger Award. Our three nominees for the Jeff Finger Award goes to uh, Crookshank. Ronala and caster so those are going to be the Wanted, three, three nominees yeah, we, we really kind of discussed that uh there was a lot of talk uh, about that and obviously our bobby get goalie of the year uh or our jace was xbox of the year um <laughs> that uh, uh unfortunately uh that would have been a tie um but uh, MVP with how Caster ended, it was it was tough to pick uh, three MVP nominees, and I'm interested. I'm interested in how that vote and the forward, the Drew leblanc Tony Mosey of the Year award, um, how that yes. was. Gonna be, so
0: yeah, I, and play of the year, I think um, should have some some competitive, some competition there mm-hmm. between the the nominees. Moment of the year as well. I we don't want these to be blowouts as far as from the fan vote perspective. We want them to, to have several votes for each. I do think the Chuck Lawson
1: moment of the year is going to be a blowout.
0: but which one that was the,
1: um, I mean, I I think a frozen face off. I don't want to, I don't want to editorialize too much. I don't want to get
0: Larson, Larson specifically involved in that one. So if you, if you're a real big fan of Larson, you can go out of your way and and vote for him for that award. Um, Or as you said, everyone loves beating North Dakota. Those comeback wins were certainly a, 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 a sexy moment of the year too Very so, much so i like the uh, i like the the intrigue uh, that this mm-hmm. slate of nominees gives us so please um follow weldy's uh twitter account and yes. then vote on these as he uh as 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 the next week um comes closer yep. and we'll, we will uh present the uh herbies uh on the next show yep.
1: Exactly. Uh, so you can follow me at More Clappers, M-O-A-R, More Clappers, or you can uh, send in your votes uh, to Andrew as well. You can
0: do that so, if, you, if you'd like. Um, you can send me those at Podcast at gmail.com.
1: And uh, just for really Dan Jacobson, uh, you can't vote twice. So if you vote <laughs> on my Twitter, you can also vote in Andrew's uh, email so that's that's well
0: and, and in all fairness he, he is uh off watching the twins in miami this week ah that's uh, true and then is he going i think he said he's going to the frozen yeah
1: that's too, one of the so. questions um uh it'll be uh what will be the attendance at the twins marlins game that he attends tomorrow um i, gotta I would check probably the, the, guess about 400
0: i gotta check the the attendance today I can't imagine. I didn't see any of the game, but I can't imagine it was more than ten thousand. I bet you this: it's the Frozen Four will greatly outdraw the uh, baseball game. But maybe they're—I don't know—maybe they're drawing more than I thought they had been. I, I have no idea. But uh, and isn't that so? If he's going to the Frozen Four, isn't Miami like? four hours from Tampa. I don't think they're necessarily very close, um, but I suppose He's got it's got a couple not, days to get there. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose it's not that much different from like a Duluth to the city's drive or something. Um, so maybe it's uh, maybe do they have it? it a, makes sense from that regard.
1: Do they have a train?
0: Does the, I would imagine that the state the of Bright Florida Line? has a train sometimes somewhere um, running. I would think so. you gotta watch out for the alligator alley, though, um, Dan, uh, just word of advice. there are uh, alligators in Florida, and you want to avoid those. And so just be sure to be safe and avoid the alligators.
1: Oh, geez, the bright line only goes up to west palm beach
0: you're ser- you're seriously huh. looking up train lines in Florida
1: well, I've yeah, well, lately, I've been getting really big into the fact that we don't have high speed rail, and we really should, and um, yeah, that's like like one of the major like high speed rail that we have is the bright line is starting to become up and coming um and then obviously the Northeast. corridor. I've not heard of that.
0: The Esila.
1: The yeah. I have,
0: I have. That's obviously. That's obviously big. But mm-hmm. there's one, in... there's like one of.
1: Yeah, that's something a little like more that in Florida. Yeah. yeah,
0: but but it only there is a, it only goes go from, from Miami
1: up to West Palm Beach. It doesn't go. Oh, all, it's just in Florida. It's yeah. not like I thought you were thinking like to Atlanta or like the whole region. I think like the serve. plan was supposed to do that, but no. Yeah,
0: but yeah. the plan of the uh, Northwest Corridor was uh, to go all the way to St. Cloud, right? <laughs> but they they stopped at Big Lake uh, and didn't seem like they're getting any further than that
1: yeah uh, not so. anytime soon at least but that's not high speed either like I'm like I think the bright line I granted the bright line I think so it's
0: like bullet train yeah. 200 miles an hour something like that yeah
1: I think even the bright line only goes to about 80 or 90 so
0: well uh, mm. that we'll we'll conclude that on our next on our uh spin-off show. Yeah. Train planes trains and automobiles. Yes. Uh infrastructure in the United States. Yeah. Hosted yeah. by Weldy and Andrew. Yeah.
1: I mean just I don't know.
0: I, I like the idea know, of our public first public guest public. on that is is Dave Starman talking about <laughs> oh, bike geez. bike lane. Uh, bike. Uh, God.
1: Infrastructure. I don't know like <laughs> I, like maybe my next my next twitter poll should be who hates this more? And it's either Dave Starman against the bike lanes or Woden against the character clause in the Hobie. (laughs) Like, (laughs) good God. (laughs) Like, like I don't have a problem with Starman in the hockey sense, but like he always retweets this one account who has like 300 followers about stop bike lanes in New York city and whatnot and congestion pricing and all of that. It's like, that's uh anyway, just just interesting. You yeah, it's
0: good stuff. That um, first episode of that's spin that spinoff podcast will it'll be back. A, it'll
1: be a doozy. So, um, I do have to say though, Andrew uh, Mueller did have a um uh, a question, and it kind of stemmed from the um Twitter um kind of revenue and expenditures of hockey. Um, for programs all around, um, all around the country. And uh, his question is just kind of with, um, you know, the expense for St. Cloud, um, 40th in the country, um, you know, expending about $2 million. Um, revenue was about $2.3 million. Um, basically, you know, a lot of people are taking this and looking at it as, like, St. Cloud isn't investing a lot of money, into um, into college hockey and uh, was just wondering, you know, Andrew's question, it was really well articulated. Um, so I'll just kind of read it really quickly. Um, uh, after seeing the hockey budget list, the discussion of the Herb being an aging facility and bigger schools being able to throw NIL dollars coupled with admin doesn't seem to have athletics on the forefront. I don't know if I agree with that part of it. I think they have athletics, but I think, like, it's more about the changing of the makeup of the, like, it's just harder to get people in the seats in general. Um, So I I still think that they do have athletics and especially hockey in the forefront. Um, It seems like the gap is widening uh, between the top and the bottom um, in terms of the expenditures. Um, how long is that sustainable? Can we keep Larson if and when he leaves outside of a successful program? The rest isn't uh, nearly as attractive um, as as most other colleges, like Wisconsin, for instance, throwing you know a lot more money, a lot more resources um, than than St. Cloud is able able to kind of offer. So that's um, it, that that I that whole kind of list and i'm always kind of interested as well as what they consider or what the the college kind of considers as expenditures like does it include absolutely everything dollar and cent that comes out of the hockey program or paid to a hockey program the food the travel hotels salaries nil booster money i like i feel like there's also that kind of gray area i know it has to be reported but to what extent can you do some creative accounting as well i don't know that's why i took that as a little bit of grain of grain of salt um but basically if we're 40th in spending and we're one of the top teams in the country i think that's a really good return on investment so i think that's a positive thing not a negative thing uh, I'd be more worried about just the fact that our revenue is so is so far down. And again, that goes to how tough it is for St. Cloud to draw as a late. Yeah, it's a big question, uh, a big long-term
0: question. And as far as that list, which I did see, I didn't linger on it too much. I, I'd like to know what the source of that is. I mean, for what I saw, it was a list that was posted on Twitter. I, I don't know no, that's how much I should believe of that, but I, I, I assume based on the source of who posted that, that they're not just blowing complete hot air. Um, so I'd like to know exactly. And, and did you say that you, you saw a revenue figure for St. Cloud? Like it was like you said the budget was, or the expenditures was like 2 million where the revenue was 2.3. Yes. Where did you get that number? That in, that in the revenue
1: later think? on in the same thread. Oh,
0: it was. Yep. I, I didn't see that part. Um, that doesn't surprise me though. The 40th out of 61 or whatever the number of teams in the one is doesn't surprise me that St. Cloud's in the bottom third of that. Um, the trend is, I remember a couple of years ago I'm talking to a friend about the way that St. Cloud state as a university has been trending is, is not very good.
1: Uh, I just and when we were I just looked we at enrollment going, and like enrollment's like at
0: seven thousand right now, and that's full time equivalent i think I, when we were going it was somewhere in like seventeen to eighteen thousand yeah. maybe sixteen it was somewhere close to double or maybe even more than double what it is now um which is a pretty monumental drop uh in in it's fifteen years since we've been in school basically so any sort of chart that charts that is just going to look like a nosedive. Um, and so I remember when I was talking to this friend a couple of years ago, it's like 20 years from now, I couldn't, I I am not confident that St. Cloud state is going to have an athletic department much. I am not confident that St. State state's going to exist as a university. If these numbers continue, I mean, it's not going to get down to zero, but, it's it's I, I don't think that this is we're not talking about Yale here um uh, we we haven't got a lifetime existence secured as St Cloud State University uh, how that's concerned I remember if it was a few months ago that you sent me something regarding Miami and about how their AD was crying poor and about they wanted out of the NCHC. Um, but they did but it was, a. it's like a million dollar exit fee of the NCHC. And God, how can we pay that as if a million dollars, what are we living in 1840, like (laughs) a million dollars? It's like the Austin powers, like a million dollars. My God. And I've always had the, and I did some, so I did some research there at that time. Because I'm like I don't I'm pushing back on the notion that Miami is like a poor college. Um, They're a public university. Their endowment is somewhere in the range of 650 million dollars, which for a public university is very, very good. the The highest endowment uh, in the NCHC is Denver. Denver and CC have eight to nine hundred million. Um, which they're prestigious public or private universities or colleges in CC's case. Um, Western Michigan was like three or 400 million. And that makes sense because they're a big, you know, D one and all sports kind of uh, institution. But Miami was third on that list. Um, St. Cloud. It's tough for me to figure this number out. I believe I got last year's or maybe it was the 2021 fiscal year. But, as far as I could tell, I think that their endowment is forty four million dollars uh which is the lowest of the le- the lowest in the n c h c omaha was like hundred i think Duluth was around a hundred u n d maybe two hundred ish um I don't know if I think I've mentioned everybody in the conference uh and so endowments not everything but that that's just your war chest that's the amount of money that you have on hand like miami for instance i saw something like they they got they had 90 million dollars in donations for athletics only last year last year alone the idea that they can't afford a buyout fee from the nchc is ludicrous (laughs) um and they're they're a wealthy institution they're they're a blue blood compared to saint cloud but Getting back to St. Cloud is just, you look at that, how that contextualizes St. Cloud within the other uh, schools in their conference. And the way that the trends have been going as far as enrollment and, and then also what, what our questioner brings up as far as the, the rising expenses, um, nil money, that's going to be more of a factor as, as yeah. the years go on. Um, the facility gap. I mean, we mentioned that last week. If if the real only hope is really kind of begging the state government to uh, earmark some funds for them to get get the upgrades to the herb, if that if that doesn't happen, I mean that precipitous slide continues even more. Um, I, I don't want to be doomsaying, uh, but just from a reality standpoint, is, is he saying that he doesn't feel like the administration? What was his it? The admin isn't like. Athletics, athletics priority, is in a
1: forefront,
0: which you push back on. The one thing I would give as far as credence to his point is, we still don't have a permanent AD. um You know, we have this Holly Schreiner, who I only recently learned was their interim AD. But it's been when, when was Weems hired last summer? It's been close to a year, and we still don't have a permanent athletic director. That's not a good sign, I think. Um, we at least need to get someone permanent in there as far just simply as a figurehead to, to give, it, give an appearance of permanence or at least commi- a long-term commitment to an uh, athletic director, which is a huge position for a, for a school when it comes to athletics. It's your number one point person with, with that kind of stuff. So um, the lack of finding someone permanent in that position, I think, is troubling. And it does sort of uh, point to a, a lack of commitment um, to athletics and, and obviously having to drop sports in recent years uh, is not a good trend either, but that's the, you know, that's not limited to St. Cloud only. I mean, the Gophers had to do that too. Big schools are, are having to drop sports left and right as well to keep up with these, you know, the new, the new economics of, of NCAA athletics. But yeah, it's just um, – and as far as, like, Larson bolting, I mean, that's kind of a Cadillac problem to me. Like, for I'm talking about long-term sustainability for St. Cloud, like, let's just hope in 20 years that we still have a team to root for. Um, and as far as, like, a short-term for, for Larson, now that Wisconsin has its uh, its guy hired, looking at all the – like, the Big Ten – they've kind of went through their recent wave of re of, of hiring new coaches. Like the wave of old coaches has now been replaced by a new wave. You know, Minnesota with, with Moscow, Uh, Wisconsin with Hastings, Michigan, Michigan state. We saw that Michigan took the interim tag off of Narado, Nightingale, a good first year with Michigan state. Rollick seemed like he was either committed to Ohio state or maybe Wisconsin just was fell in love with Hastings, but either way, Rollick's entrenched in Ohio state and then Godelsky with Penn state, you know, he doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. So as far as big programs that potentially Larson would be linked to, I think we're done with that for now, for the short term, obviously the Duluth one is kind of the the big one. Like um, you figure if Sandlin's going to retire in the next, few years, which I don't, I mean, I don't think he's like close to retirement, but let's say 10 years. And if Larson's still around, that's, you know, it's pretty natural to connect the dots there. But I feel a little bit more confident that we don't have, um, at least in the, in the West, uh, we, we don't have the source of jobs, um, coming available that potentially could lure Larson away. So I'm, I'm confident in that regard, but long-term, yeah, it's, it's certainly not, um, not guaranteed. And uh, you, know, you hope that the more success that the hockey team can have, the more that that can maybe bring in money. If that can, if that can somehow translate to more revenue, even when we're signing those, those number one overall seed years, it's not like they were selling the building out yeah. in, in those years. And even and the year, sometimes they have like a, a bounce the year after that didn't seem to be the case either. So, yeah, it's it's troublesome. And I don't I don't know what the solution is other than me winning the lottery and then giving a bunch of money to St. Cloud. Like I wish I would was in the position to be a, a money bags uh, sugar daddy. Uh, <laughs> it's just not in the cards for me at this point. Uh, Got to hit, maybe, gotta be wealthy. hit up. Wealthy,
1: hit up Richard Dean Anderson. famous
0: yes uh csu alum get uh, macgyver uh, to give us some of that money um but yeah rambling for a bit but uh if you have any uh, other um comments on this it's a it's a good deep topic that it's a tough one to address but i think it is important to do so
1: yeah it's 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 tough and just where st cloud is as a university too it, it is we had a lot of issues um there's a lot of things um kind of going um that are not trending the way uh that should, and I think it all stems to just not having the funds um and you know there's just something that needs to happen to get these fans back in the building um you know to the days of selling out and and whatnot but I don't know it's it's gonna be tough in this climate so that's for sure well we don't want to wish i wish i had answers don't end the but, show
0: on such a low note yeah it's uh, a, but, it's a uh,
1: so if you know i don't know I, I could pull up a random box score
0: let's do that let's, so uh, yeah
1: let's all right sounds good last time i did is when we restarted with tony mosey so let's uh Let's pick this year. I like this idea
0: of ending the show on this, yeah, sick on this bit, like
1: boom, okay, uh, since they're in the Frozen four, let's talk about we played, really, did this game happen? January sixth.
0: Oh, you're really getting me intrigued.
1: 2006, 2007 against Boston University. Really at home? No. Look at that, four to one. It must not
0: have been at home. It must have been at some tournament.
1: Yeah, I don't remember this game. Oh, I would have been. Okay, at- yep. That's why I don't remember. I clicked women's.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, that explains. Well. well- just give us the give us the run down there. They they Man, beat BU.
1: They did. They did beat BU four to were one. You,
0: were you the uh, beat writer that year?
1: Uh no, was I was I was the next year.
0: Ugh. They beat him four to one. Who are some Three of the scores?
1: Um uh Haley Clarkson, who centered uh uh Caitlin Hogan and Holly Roberts. Uh Caitlin Hogan. Oh, she was you like that line. Yeah. I yeah, not Kaitlyn Hogan and Holly Roberts, I mean, they were excellent um, together. Mm-hmm. Megan Faison uh, was Would that Was been second their freshman one? year? I think so.
0: Okay, because I fear, yeah, because it was was it the nine nine ten year. That was was that Geeson's best year, or was it that oh se- seven oh eight? Year? I think it was. I know he had a couple of good years in that in that, but I think with those, yeah, with it was core. the oh
1: seven oh eight year was his best year, okay. and that's the year that I covered.
0: Maybe this oh nine oh ten was the last year they beat the Gophers, but I know they had a decent year. Uh,
1: well, until 40, this year. and
0: end of the aughts, yeah, until yeah, yeah till this year. But
1: anyway, these on yeah, Laura Fast, um, Laura Fast is always fun to talk to. I had a class with Stacy Day and Laura Fast. They were always really nice to me, even though I bet they were just annoyed with me because that would so yeah. We'll, we don't need another one. Let's. I, I
0: think we got enough here. What? Um, did they play him in, in St. Cloud, you said? Yeah. Was it a two-game series?
1: Yep. Uh it was a tie the first night.
0: So this was a Saturday two. game. Yep. Okay. And I wonder how good was BU that year? Like what was their record if you have it on the box score?
1: Um mm-hmm.
0: Cuz BU had some decent years on the women's side in the Yeah, early... they were 11-7
1: uh, and 2.
0: Oh, okay. I know in the early teens I think they were I think they made a tournament or two. I mean, we've said like hockey east has has never really been at the level of the men's version of hockey east, but then particularly the WCHA for the women's side.
1: And on that same day, uh, we uh in in oh seven, um, on January sixth of 07, we played Alaska Anchorage, and obviously we had to have
0: what, at Saint Cloud at
1: Saint Cloud, yep. So we didn't lose. So we didn't lose. Uh, it was again, four to one win. So there were back to back four to one wins. Uh, They're do, both at home.
0: So it must've been the, the women's game in the afternoon. Yeah. And then the men's game. At, do, and you wanna, do you want to,
1: do you want to guess who the referee was in this game? Anchorage uh, against St. Cloud state. Marco hunt, uh, Todd Anderson. <laughs> classic. <laughs> so, um, yep. Uh, uh Andrew Gordon uh with the scoring uh and then uh Nate Day, Johnny Swanson, and then Andrew Gordon uh topped it off at the end for a four to one victory. Jace Waslowski got the win. And then really? promptly went on Xbox
0: afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh well and that w- Geffert would have still been there that year. Yeah, that would have been his last year, I believe. Yeah,
1: it was. I
0: mean it was it was
1: only his fourth start. So. Wasowski
0: for that in that year.
1: Yeah. How we were four Yeah, and
0: you are giving him yeah, you would give him you'd give him the uh start at home against Anchorage cuz Anchorage sucked. Yeah. So that's when you give for the night off.
1: 14-3 and 3 we were after this after this game.
0: It seemed they were always to, they would, in the second half of the year like January or February Seemed like they would always check this on the schedule. They would always play like Anchorage and Tech at home, like back to back, and they'd always go four and zero in those. Like they would always seem to like go on a hot streak in the second half by sweeping those teams uh, at home. I mean, obviously, when, not every year they'd play them back to, in back to back series, but whenever they would play them at the Herb, it was just we can get off the mat this weekend <laughs> and and sweep these teams, uh, and uh, that. That was the case that weekend. Yes, they they did sweep them, Anchorage that
1: weekend. Yes, they did. God, yeah, I bet. Nate Day centering Andreas Nodal and Andrew Gordon. It, it's a good line. They combined with six points on the night. Lash was number one. Lash was held off the board. Stevenson Fletcher, my boy Fletcher, got an assist. <laughs> Clafton did not. He was he was minus one. John Ammerman played.
0: He was good. I remember um, one of my friends from high school was like the, he was like next door dorm with Gordon in their freshman year. So he's like in Sherburn. Yeah. It was his dorm. But um, he said, yeah, I didn't see him very much because, you know, as a hockey player, like, like for those Alaska trips, I remember being a TA for a class that Brett Barda was in it, mm. and when they go up, to, when they go up to Anchorage, I think they would leave on Tuesday.
1: That sounds so like right. there was a, yeah. so there were
0: several times where they would say we can't, I can't be in class like he, so he'd have to like uh, send in his papers like at a different date and do like sometimes tests he'd have to reschedule the tests and all that. Um, so uh, it was all, almost like more often than not, those guys weren't in the class. There was a couple of I can't remember. There was, was a couple of other guys. I'm blanking on who it was, but there was a few of the players that were in those classes. It's like I, I had to stay neutral and not sort of <laughs> be like, go get them. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was always fun. Good. Yeah, it's a good pull. I like that 06, 07 year. It's a uh, good nostalgia uh, uh, year.
1: Ugh, except for Ben Bishop.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that one did. Yeah, Justin Fletcher scored scored a goal. In that scored, game. scored the scored
1: first, first goal.
0: goal. Yep. And Early too. High watermark.
1: Three minutes. Three yep. three and a half minutes in.
0: Uh, so then Maine beat him. Do you know who they played in the regional final?
1: Ooh. Michigan.
0: No, they were the one seed. But they were upset by the four seed. UMass. UMass. Goalied by Jonathan
1: Quick. Oh, no kidding. Yeah.
0: And I think that was like a one nothing game in the regional final. It was a tight affair based on the two goalies involved. Yeah, both with obviously long NHL careers. It's not surprising. Not
1: surprising but, at all. Uh, yeah. What a what a goaltending duel
0: and that was so weird too, the UMass cause before Carville got there, I think that was their only tournament appearance. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a good one.
1: Well, that about does her and about, does her. uh, so thank you so much for listening to the Huskies hockey podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, check out my Twitter, um, over the next couple of days I'll get the Twitter votes going, uh, yep. for, for the, uh, uh, the the awards and uh, first annual Herbies. First annual Herbies. So uh, at Twitter, at more clappers, M O A R, more clappers. And Andrew, you can reach him at Huskies Hockey Podcast at gmail.com. Send an email. All right. And until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!